Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Big Guns. This is a Savage Riffs podcast played by a few friends. My name is Justin, and I play our leader, Magnesium Flint. He's a dwarven operator with some tricked-out cyber that helps him repair all these fantastical machines. Hi, I'm Jason. I am the one running this shenanigan of a game. So blame me for anything you don't like. I'll be playing numerous NPCs, antagonists, background characters, people that I'm forced to give personalities and names to because these guys want to talk to them. You know, usual role-playing stuff. I hope you like at least half of this. Hi, my name is Will. I'm playing Charlie, the Mind Melter Corgi. Jason, you want to tell them where the game is set? Uh, So we created a fictional city. I was kind of influenced by past Palladium games because I kind of got into role-playing through the Palladium Robotech RPG. So the city of Marl is centered around a crass Centrati cruiser somewhere in the uh, Pecos Empire. Let's have a little bit of freedom to not be completely being breathed on by the Coalition and kind of have a little mercenary western town where we can kind of experiment with a lot of different stuff. I feel like that's enough for us to get started. Why don't we uh, take it to the intro? Cut to something you've probably been doing fairly frequently in the recent months. The sort of political version of coming hat in hand and begging for work. So you are in an immense chamber, obviously sized for much larger beings. This might have been like an electrical access or just maybe a a cramped walkway inside this giant vessel. You do see the sun streaming in from about 20-30 feet up over your head. As you glance up and see the peeled in and melted edges of bulkhead that was probably hit with a very large laser blast. And blue cloud or blue sky, white fluffy clouds outside. Not much of that breeze making it down to you, so you're starting to sweat just a little bit on the makeshift benches that have been erected here. As you kind of glance to your left and your right and across from you, you see other people from the towns, many of whom are have like um their personal computers with them. Some are dressed 
finely, others dressed kind of poorly. Looks like there's a large group of people looking to see the Council of Nine today for various reasons. We'll say you've been waiting all morning. Hopefully make a presentation to see what kind of work you can drum up for your crew. There's a general meeting like in about an hour. Right now they're, they're meeting some individual petitioners that are coming in looking for specific uh, things to bring up with the council. But uh, any other plan of attack for it, you're just going to listen in and keep your fingers crossed and pray to whatever higher dwarven power you may or may not believe it. I feel like I would have talked to Charlie about being around in case we need to do something flashy. Would you have wanted Charlie to attend this meeting with you? Yeah, or at least be nearby. But other than that, I feel like I really just need to hear what they need and then sell that we're the ones to do that and then have Charlie in case they don't believe that we can handle it. While I'm there, um, since I do have extremely sharp hearing, I'd like to see if I could overhear any conversations between people that are waiting to be seen. Maybe I, I can give Flint a heads up if I hear anything. Would Charlie be comfortable showing off his psychic powers, or is that something that I wouldn't be counting on? Yeah, that's fine. I can do that. Awesome. People do get a little concerned sometimes. I don't really know why, but yeah. Is Charlie the antsy type? Would he Is he good sitting still, or does he kind of have to move every few minutes? I think that he is happy and fascinated just to be experiencing everything going on. You know, for such a long time, I was just in, stuck in like a 6x6 six six gray room. So uh, sitting still, not so much, but I'm definitely like looking around and listening and smelling things like, you know, who has food. Always a great thing to know. You get the slightly like this bitter, bit of stale like sweat smell coming from Mag here as he's sitting there, short legs hanging over the side of this little bench, obviously sweating a little bit in the heat. You're sitting next to him, your little dog legs barely reaching over the edge, not even dangling down. <laughs> And go ahead and give me a notice roll, if you would. Okay. So, try and distinguish anything of pertinence out of the murmur of the general crowd. Talking back. Yeah, I got a work. nine and a fifteen. All right. Wow. So, oh, you're one away from a a triple raise. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the fifteen is just one shy. You needed a sixteen to get that triple raise, but that is a success. So close. Nice. So, yeah, you kind of just. Looking back and forth, maybe tongue lolling out of your mouth just a little bit to cool yourself down. Yeah. And you think you hear for echoing far down from the entranceway chamber when you came in about an hour ago. The just kind of deep, kind of rolling voice that's echoing down the chamber. Clearly, like, somebody's a little upset. I don't care what's going on. I need to speak to him now. I'm telling you, that damn rift opened in 20, 30 miles south of my property. I know it isn't in your city limits, but damn it, y'all, you have to defend this area. People, you depend on my crops. And I I don't have the manpower. My boys can't be out there poking at that thing. If something came out of there, we're all going to be in danger. I don't have time to wait. And that's about all you catch. Okay. So I'm going to turn to Flint. Hey, boss, we got a a squirrel to chase. What is it? Come on. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I'll just uh, kind of leap up and waddle my way as fast as I can. Tiny little legs are working furiously. Yeah. Okay, so he sounds really frustrated because it sounds like he can't really get in uh, to wherever the meeting is, and he's he says, oh, there's a rift open, like 20 or 30 miles south of North 
I don't remember which direction, of his property, and he says his boys can't handle it, and, well, we are boys, and we're good boys, and we can't handle it, right? So. Yeah, this sounds like exactly what I need. All right, lead the way. Okay. So you go patting down the corridor. Takes a couple of minutes. Like I said, it's a pretty long corridor. There's quite a bit of people here. Just in general, to attend the local meeting and then also to petition the council for different things. And as you work your way down to pretty much where you remember signing in earlier this morning, you do see a uh, a guy, not really dressed in much of a uniform since there is no cohesive security force, but you definitely recognize him as somebody who does serve as security personnel for one of the factions. Uh, they're one of the few people that actually can go about inside the ship city armed. Everybody else is required to kind of check their weapons, anything above, like, a handgun. That's anywhere in the ship? Yeah. Okay. City, the town that spills out outside is a little more lax, uh, but typically if you enter the ship and thus this to the town improper, you're required to check weapons above, like, a, a handgun. But he is wearing some, like, kind of light body armor. He's got a rifle kind of just slung over his shoulder there. Clearly typing in the little thing, like a computer terminal, agitated. And in front of him, you see a human male, probably like in his 40s or 50s. It's hard for you to tell, Charlie. Like, you don't, you're not too familiar with humans the way they age. Yeah. Like a scruff of fur on his chin and under his nose. Wiry, but like lean muscle in his body. Clothing has definitely seen better days and a lot of sun. And he definitely has a smell of the earth about him. God damn it, I'm not going to go sit down. I'm telling you, this is something bad. And if I don't get any help here, well, then it'll be on all your heads. And the guard kind of looks at him, sir, I understand, but we can't just have you barging and cutting in front of all these people. And he, like, gestures down to the hallway you just walked down. The Council of Nine is hearing business today, but you'll have to wait your turn. Now, if you want to make any more trouble with that, well... Let's just say I can deal with that too. And he kind of shifts to kind of call attention to his rifle slung across his shoulder. Uh, the older man looks at him, kind of squints his eyes for a second. You see his fist ball up and tighten like as if he's thinking about punching the guy. Then he just sighs, relaxes his hand, goes past the checkpoint, the closest empty bench to sit on. So yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of look significantly at Flint. Is this guy somebody I would recognize? Give me a common knowledge check. Minus one. Okay, common knowledge. I got a seven. Yeah. You're not personally familiar with him. You maybe saw him at a restaurant or a bar before, but you do know who this is. It's a uh, pretty well-known homesteader named Jeb Cochran. He's got property about 15, 20 miles south of the city. He is a pretty decently large homestead there, so he does supply quite a bit of foodstuffs for the town. Got a reputation for being just a hard-living kind of man. Like, just no nonsense. Wants to just keep his head down, do his work. Salt-of-the-earth kind of fellow. Not too bright, but, but strong. And not one prone to flights of fancy, either, from what you've understood. Okay. Now, given his position... Is it possible that he can afford to hire mercenaries to take care of this for him? Or would he have to go to the council and then I would have to talk to the council into hiring me? From what you understand, while he makes a comfortable living, he certainly couldn't afford to pay mercenary rates. Okay. 
Especially if, if there is something out of that riff. Okay. What was his name again? Jeb Cochran. Jeb Cochran. So he's sitting down, his just fingers kind of crossed as he's just looking, well, stone-faced, but still somewhat annoyed. And the, the bench he is sitting on is empty. Okay. I will walk up to him. Hello, Mr. Cochran. I couldn't help but overhear your concerns about a rift near your property. That's about the long and short of it. Who are you? And he kind of looks at you, down to the dog. The name's Magnesium Flint. Some friends of mine and I have a small headquarters outside of town. And we like to offer our services to solve what problems need be solving. If you don't mind, I'd like to hear more detailed about this rift before I speak to the council. Just looks at you for a second as if debating in size. Well, one of my boys was up this morning early like he usually is, working the fields. Dawn was just starting to break. Says he saw a big old flash coming from the south. Now there is a, one of them damn lines running down that direction. And I remember when I was a and seeing that thing flash like that once or twice. And nothing ever good ever came out of one of those. I remember my pappy talking about his granddaddy. What, something 50 foot tall made a fire. Ruined the whole backfield. Took 20 men to gun the thing down. Now, my boys are good shots, but I don't have the weapons to deal with anything like that. Why, I understand. When it comes to big guns, I think we've got the biggest one around. Many other fine weapons, too. But you didn't see anything come out of that rift, did you? No, sir. Too far away, but I trust my boy's eyes. If he saw a flash, something was happening. Oh, no, I wouldn't dare doubt the word of your boy. Just wanted to know what you saw so I could be prepared. Trust me, Mr. Cochran. I take this seriously, even if the council doesn't. But I believe we can convince them that uh, something needs to be done about this. If they'll ever see us. He kind of looks back down the hallway at the dozens of people assembled here. You said there's only about 20 to 30 minutes left. Uh, does it look like he's going to make it in? Or is there a chance that he's not going to get and see the council? There's a good chance, yeah. Nah, we can't let that happen. Time to be wild cards. <laughs> Alright, Charlie. Looks like we're going to have to do some wheeling and dealing. Otherwise, this guy might not even get in to see the council today, and there's no telling how long it would be before we get a job. Okay. So, some options, like you could find somebody who has a closer spot and try to convince them, bribe them, or force them to let Jeb cut in and take. Uh, you could try to actually speak to some of the guards in the council chamber itself. Or you, it's a big ship. There's lots of nooks and crannies that people don't always see. You could try to sneak in. Or you could blow the door down with your immense psychic powers and <laughs> Akira boy everything. I'm inclined to do a less violent option just off the cuff here. I don't exactly know all of Charlie's abilities, so I don't know if there's something special he can do right here. Uh, you know he's psychic, so... Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to start with this. All right, Charlie. I think our best bet is to try to convince one of these guards that this man's petition is more than the standard drivel that comes filing through these halls. Any chance you could... Uh, Make it more agreeable to that. Okay. 
Perfect. And then I'm just going to start heading toward the cards and hope Charlie does his thing. Okay. It takes you a couple minutes to walk down the end of the hall. Jeb just kind of sees you and just decides that you probably want him with you, and he stands up and follows you. Come on, Mr. Cochran. Let's see if we can't move you to the front of the line. So as you're getting closer to the, the bulkhead doors that are closed, you do see that some a young lady and her kid are taking your bench. Not a big deal, because like I said, you weren't actually waiting in line. You were just waiting for the meeting to start. But she did take my bench, didn't she? Yes. <laughs> that kid looked like a snot-nosed brat. Okay, I see. I'll remember this. You're gonna take Mag Flint's bench. You better be prepared to pay the price. I feel like you're actually saying this out loud in character. <laughs> oh, I am. I'm just not saying it to them. <laughs> He's just mumbling to himself. So let me just see real quick. <laughs> like, the, the the mom doesn't seem to be paying attention. She's just kind of, like, idly, like, staring off and looking at everybody. But the little boy, like, lifts his head up from, like, his little wooden, like, mech he's playing with and looks at you. Tilts his head. He clearly heard what you said about him taking your bench. And he sticks his tongue out at you. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm just giving him the stink eye. Like, this fucking kid. Okay, okay. <laughs> Mom, that, that, that dwarf man is mean. Shh, be quiet, son. We're, we're here. Mommy's here to say, talk to the council. Just, just please wait. But Mom... I'm just gonna grumble on past. I'll remember these people. Revenge is best served cold. Making a mental note. <laughs> mental notes are stacking up. Alright, so as you're approaching the the council chamber chamber doors, it looks like it has been patched up because the doors the actual functioning bulkheads and doors of this vessel again are for somebody five times human size. So it looks like this like bulkhead they've never got the door mechanism to work. And instead of like welded on steel plating with a smaller human sized door frame. Uh, Flint, give me a quick repair check at minus three. Eight. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the success of the race. You can tell that, just quickly glancing at it from the previous times you've been here, you know for a fact that that weld job on there is kind of a mask. You know that that door mechanism behind it for the the true size door, the 50-foot-tall piece of bulkhead, you know that works. So you know that in an instant, any guard could slam a pretty much impenetrable wall between this hallway and the council chamber, as opposed to the relatively flimsy steel one they have built in the doorway. Like, it would just crumble that steel like like paper, and the massive ship bulkhead would close. Like, as you can see, like, as you're looking up into the ceiling, like, you see power cables, where they've obviously rigged a, a generator and power source to make that doorway still work. It's fairly well hidden. Only somebody of your expertise could probably see it. But uh, it's a little tidbit that you're aware of. But in front of that makeshift, like, steel weld job of a door, you do see a another guard. A human. Relatively young, early 20s. Definitely standing kind of lazily, not nearly, like, any kind of attention or decorum. Mostly just there to check on his list, on his little tablet he's holding, make sure people are signed in, and let the right ones through. Okay, so I want to try to get a read on these people. Do they look like they have military training, or do they look like lazy city guards that got the shit duty? I'll give you an option. You can do a persuasion minus two, or a battle roll with no penalty. That would be battle. I did not succeed. 
spending a Benny or anything like that? No. This was just to kind of gather information. Okay. Not worth it. Let's just say you look at this kid, and, you know, one of yours is kind of a lazy guy, too, but even he has more discipline than this kid from what you can see. Okay, yeah. You haven't been overly impressed with the various factions' security staff. It, even amongst the ones with better equipment, it seems like there's more bad apples than good. In your opinion, it's probably a job where it's mostly like nepotism and who you know, as opposed to actually skilled warriors. Like You probably wouldn't hire half of the people that work security for the town. Like They wouldn't meet the standards for your company. Okay, I'm going to turn around and look at Charlie. I will go distract this kid while you do your thing. See if you can't get him to let us pass. Okay, boss. Just, just explain to him that it's an emergency. That's all. All right. That's a good boy. Mr. Cochran, come this way. Cochran just kind of looks at you two, and he's just... At this point, you get the sense that he's just willing to try anything. <laughs> okay. If Cochran comes with me, I'm going to walk up to this kid. Be like, oh, hey there. Name... And he's, he's not even looking at you, he's looking at his tablet. It's Magnesium Flint. Uh, I have something to discuss with you. It's not on I the list, a... and he kind of turns the, the tablet to you, and you see like a list of probably like 15, 20 names. Uh, no, that's it right there, it's just misspelled. Of course I'm not on the goddamn list, boy! This is an emergency! There's a goddamn rift right outside of town, and you're not taking it seriously. Okay, and I'm gonna cast Puppet. Okay. So let's do Puppet first. Yay. This feels like a well-oiled plan. <laughs> I mean, for something that we just came up with off the cuff, it seems like it's going pretty well. So you don't fare terribly. Yeah. So yes, uh, I believe that's a cost of three. Instant. Any modifiers you want to spend? And what are the trappings on Charlie's Puppet power? Uh, so yeah, I believe that my eyes just glow a uh, brilliant cyan blue. Okay. So probably a good thing that, that Flint is probably trying to distract him here. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's are you using any modifiers okay. to it, or are you just doing the baseline power? Just baseline. Okay. Well, those are definitely a high number. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. I don't think I need to reroll. So yeah, I'll keep the 16. I think you hit our three raises, so I think you're also going to get an adventure card, my friend, as you... Oh, yeah! Amen. Triple raise! <laughs> what, what? Go, Charlie! <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. So that's definitely a success with the raise. But let's see. Puppet is opposed... Oh, it's opposed roll versus their spirit. So let's roll this kid's spirit real quick. Don't think he's going to be the 16, but you never know. I can get a ton of sixes. He got a five. So that's definitely a success of the raise. He will automatically obey commands that don't directly harm him or those he cares about. With a raise, he was completely controlled because an automatic spirit roll is free action to avoid directly harming himself but those he cares about. Uh, so this costs you three power points. Lasts for five rounds. So yeah, Flint, you're distracting him. You see him just kind of go slack-jawed for a second. And you're imagining Charlie must have done his thing. So yeah, I want to instill this person with just overwhelming fear, sudden guilt. I want him to apologize and scrape and then turn around and just hit that door and march into that meeting and be like, we have an emergency. Uh, this needs to get to the head of the docket right now. Okay. 
So yeah, Flint, you see his face kind of go slack for a second as his lips purse to give you some, some sass talk. And then his eyes go big as dinner plates. You see beads of sweat not due to the, the heat in the hallway here as he just kind of back up a few steps. Almost for a second, like, uncomfortably, like, starts reaching for the strap of his rifle. Then he drops to his knees. Please, please, I'm so sorry, sir. I, should, I shouldn't have been rude. You're, you're an elder, and you're clearly a man of wealth and means and skill. I'm so sorry. And I, this is an emergency! And he, like, kind of looks up in the hall, looks at everybody. Like, almost, ac- like, accusingly points to them. It's an emergency! <laughs> reaches onto his little pad, hits a button, and the little makeshift bulkhead opens. Follow me! I'm gonna turn, uh, just kind of smiling with my tongue out at Jeb. I'm the big gun. And, uh, follow the man. Jeb just looks kind of hard to get a read on, but maybe he's impressed. Who knows? Maybe I'm a good afraid. boy, Jeb. Let's go. So as you follow this young, uh, basically guardsman through the door, it closes behind you. You immediately notice that there's definitely some kind of air conditioning in here, because it feels a lot cooler. Still spacious. Uh, there is like overhead lighting mounted because there is no holes in the bulkhead immediately above this. Most likely because they wanted a more secure chamber for the council. And it kind of moves out into a rather large, wide open space. Over the years, they've built up a, a pretty nice kind of amphitheater style seating. But down there, kind of like at the, the, the bottom of the bowl of the amphitheater, there is a table of council members set up. Behind them, it looks like there's sealed access doors to their various offices and things like that. You see, right now, the room is fairly empty. There's a, a couple other guards, like, closer to the council themselves. And there's, a uh, looks like they're currently speaking to a man of slender build, impeccably well-dressed. Even from this distance, Flint, you recognize Arden Vale. It's that fucking pansy elf, then. His voice is carrying fairly well, so you can even hear him from this distance. As you see, ladies and gentlemen, that is why I believe with the proper funding, I could potentially create a mystical battery capable of restoring the full power of the guns that we still have aboard this vessel. And I believe I could do it in under three months. I'm going to have this kid interrupt. Excuse me, sirs, council members, esteemed people. This is an emergency! <laughs> he runs in, he just kind of very callously bumps against Arden, who kind of like Slender frame kind of grabs his shoulder and looks around kind of bewildered. Looks back and sees the two of you kind of standing on the, the path down. Kind of looks for a second. Looks at you, Flint, and gives you just a, a big toothy smile. Which you probably read as malice. Flint grits his teeth in what looks like a smile. Grumbles. Charlie. Yeah, I got your number. You read it as just a genuine human smile. Oh, are you two friends? Hi, I'm Charlie. <laughs> You're still a little too far away from him to like do like pleasantries, but he can hear you because of the nature of the room. He just kind of gives you a little two-finger wave as he stands back looking at this guard, make a fool of himself. Well, if I had the councils back in, I could power all these weapons in two months. I wouldn't need no old gosh magic to do it. Well, you should tell him. What? No, uh, that's, uh, that's not the point. Uh. Well, we have the attention now. Uh, so I'm going to have the kid uh, point... Uh, at Flint, and to announce exactly what Flint just told me. Oh, no! Don't say that! I'll cut him off, I'll cut him off. <laughs> so, this man could power every gun aboard this vessel in less than two... 
<laughs> and then he stops. He's pointing back at Mag, and he just stops speaking. The other two guards that are closer to the Council of Nine are, like, starting to kind of reach down for what looks to be some kind of, like, melee baton. And the council members are sort of kind of whispering amongst themselves and looking quite annoyed. I bump Cochrane forward. Now we're going to say a piece, Mr. Cochrane. Um, a rather stately and distinguished looking human female. Which, Flint, you're somewhat familiar with. You know she's uh, pretty much been appointed by the the Commerce Board. So she's pretty powerful and pretty wealthy. What is the meaning of this interruption? What is wrong with you, young man? Do you know better than this? Who's watching the door? And he's just still standing, pointing at Mag, and he stopped speaking, Charlie, so <laughs> give him another command, he's not going to do anything. Yeah, uh, I assume it's been like five rounds, so I'll spend another point to maintain control. Yes. So every round is about 15 seconds, so sure. Okay. I'll have him throw a salute, say, yes, ma'am, and uh, he'll head back to guard the door. And that's exactly what he does. And then the, the, the woman who spoke, go see to him. And she, like, gestures to one of the other guardsmen, gives her a nice curt nod, follows after. Now then, what is the meaning of this? Who are you people? Mr. Vale, I apologize for the interruption, but we have to do some de- detaining. I'd like to at least know who we might be throwing in a cell. I take a look at Cochran. Does it look like he's going to say anything? Or do I need to jump in here and save the day? He doesn't look like he's comfortable speaking in front of people. He looks a, This is the ner- most nervous you've seen him, which means there's a slight frown on his face and a slight furrow to his brow. All right. In that case, I will glance at Arden. Excuse me. Far be it from me to wish to interrupt such important discussions, but I believe a true emergency has arisen. It has come to my attention that Mr. Cochran and his family have witnessed the opening of a rift. Now, some of you may not know Mr. Cochran. Some of you may not know me. I am Magnesium Flint. Me and some of my friends have tasked ourselves with providing protection and problem-solving skills whenever needed to whomever should need them. One of the things I do know is that Mr. Cochran is a stand-up man who helps support this town with his family's efforts to raise food and has never once gone off on some sort of flight of fancy. So when a man like that tells me that there's a rift right out in our backyard, I stand up and take a listen. So you tell me, that not worth a minor inconvenience to hear what this man has to say, esteemed beings of the council. Very nice, Dustin. You give me a persuasion roll with a plus one. Uh, but before you roll, Charlie, did you want to attempt to support him in any way? Sure. Uh, uh, as he ends his sentence, I go, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> give me just a regular persuasion roll first, Will, please. <laughs> okay. It's a five and a two. Oh, that's a success. Uh, I do have many edges and hindrances. Do any of those apply? Not in this particular case. Uh, okay. The, like, the folks in the council are not as discriminatory against uh, mutants and DBs, so... Okay. And they don't know if you're immense psychic powers, so right now they're nothing. Within, like, the confines of Marl itself, for the most part, those hindrances won't play a huge role. 
Okay. Maybe hit or miss, but in the general, you're accepted here. Okay. So yeah, the little squeaky dog, yeah, echoes throughout <laughs> the chamber. So Justin, you get a, an additional plus one, so that would be a total of plus two uh, with Will's help. Here we go with the persuasion rule. Ooh. Yeah, plus two, 18, triple race! So you are both going to be getting adventure cards here at the end of this scene. Well done. Uh, so the human woman, Justin, you remember her name is Elise Thomas, kind of immediately looks a little more concerned and actually listening to what you're saying. Yes, Mr. Flint, this council would take a rift opening up in the vicinity quite seriously. While we haven't had any real danger in that front in many years, I am old enough to remember the last time something from out there did cause significant harm to those that depend on us for protection. But rest assured, Mr. Cochran, was it? We will conduct a levy of the city guard and establish an investigatory force. We should have somebody out there by tomorrow. If you could please give us the coordinates of your property, we will begin investigating there. Unless there's any opposition, and she kind of looks to her left and right or other council members, nobody seems to have a problem with it. <clears throat> I have a problem with it. See, we could go today. And who are you, young man? My name is Charlie, and I am a tactical support animal. That's all well and good, but this... I don't understand what you could do that our soldiers could not. Well, see, my boss, Mr. Mag, here calls me the big gun, and I'm going to cast Fly, and then I'm going to ca cast Blast. Are you going to fire uh, off an energy blast inside this room? No fireworks, Charlie. Just make it flashy. So, so what's in the room? Like I said, it's a rather large amphitheater that could probably hold about 100 people, maybe 200 comfortably. Okay. At the bottom of it is they set up like a large kind of horseshoe-shaped chamber or table where the Council of Nine is seated. Behind them is obviously sealed doors that lead further into possibly their private chambers or their their own private entrance and exit to this building or this section of the hole. Otherwise, there's just overhead lights. Ceiling is pretty high, like a good 60, 70 feet. Mm -hmm. And it's fairly... Uh, not Not uh, like ostentatious but it is definitely decorated like over this is clearly an important room of governance over the last like hundred years or so there are like paintings and like flags on the wall like the uh, table is fine like very nicely carved wood even the amphitheater table or chairs are all very um padded and cushioned so and there is currently one armed guard Within quite easy striding and striking distance to hit you. <laughs> How many guards are there? At least one that you can see. Shit. Okay, well, in, in that case, I will just uh, cast Fly. Um, there's a modifier I'll pay for called Glow Backslash Shroud, which I'll apply to myself. Okay. And if I could kind of flavor it, um, I'd like to basically create a light show as I fly up very high, like, you know, almost like center of the room, perfect in the air. So yeah, you concentrate for a second. What is the trappings on your flight power? 
Uh, so just basic telekinesis. So my eyes will uh, glow blue. I don't think the fly itself looks like anything necessarily, but with the glow backslash shroud, uh, I'd like to kind of create uh, geometric patterns in the air around me that kind of spiral outwards to give myself kind of an air of majesty. So you definitely get some startled gasps. Flint, you see the, the guard. This one obviously showing a lot more discipline than the young man at the, the entranceway is pistol in hand and pointed at Charlie fairly quickly when you hear like the sound of like a gavel just kind of bang. Order, everyone, order. The, the young pup was just trying to prove a point. She kind of gestures to you, Charlie, to like the fingers point at you like in a, a quick gesture down. Okay, I go down and I sit. Young one, I would be very cautious about such displays in the future. Okay. Forgive us, madam. Charlie is a bit anxious to show what he can bring to the town. As you have already mentioned, you've seen in the times before the sort of things that can come out of rift, and there's no telling what it may be. You need a highly specialized variable response team such as uh, what my team and I could provide. With Charlie's mystical powers and uh, the glitter boy that is also in my employ, I don't imagine there is anything that could come out of that rift that we would not at least be able to respond to and provide the town with a warning. However, that may not be the case for a team of your gods. You can see a couple of faces in the council look a little annoyed at that last bit, but then you hear behind you just this kind of melodious sort of smooth voice, the dwarf speaks true, my lords and ladies. I have known this man for the time he's been down. He's quite a sharp mind, and there's no problem that Magnesium Flint can't solve. He has my vote of confidence in a heartbeat. And you feel like just a slender hand rest on your shoulder. <laughs> it's the elf, isn't it? Yeah, it's him. It's Arden. He's... Yeah. Mag forces a smile on his face and is like, uh... Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate the resounding support. But in his head, he's like, Or was this fucker's game? Is there something going on here I don't know about? What's he getting me into? Huh? Your friends, right? <laughs> so he got a three on his persuasion die and a five on his wild die. So he does lend to your support roll. So he's going to give you a plus one to your persuasion roll to convince the council to hire you. <laughs> Excellent. And can I say that Charlie's display was support? Was it uh, his show of power? Yes. I'm going to let you go ahead and roll psionics. Okay. Can I re-roll that with my psionic mastery? Yes. Your free re-roll for your psionic mastery. Much better. I will take the nine. That's success with a raise. So you will get a total of plus three. Flint? Nice. Okay, I am going to spend a Benny. You'll notice I gave you another one when you first came in and made your little anti-elf comment there. Thank you, thank you. Here's a Benny out here, and I have the Elan Edge. This will be a plus five total. And that is a total of nine success and raise. I'm assuming you're going to stick with that? Yes, uh, because I got a one on my persuasion die the first time, and a one on my wild die the second time, and it makes me nervous about the... Yeah, you don't like the fate that's showing. Gotcha. 
So there's some murmuring amongst the council. Very well. You make compelling arguments, all of you. And then she looks a little annoyed at you, Charlie, which you don't quite understand. It's going to tilt my head at her. Mr. Flint, we will agree to allow you and yours to see to this situation. You will be compensated for your time, and if it does show any threat, and you can provide proof that you handled it, we can discuss matters more fitting as far as your paycheck is concerned. Is that agreeable? Oh, that's quite agreeable. All we want is to be of assistance to the town. I think we could spare a base of 15,000 with more based on whatever threat you encounter. That's a good sum. I'll bring back evidence of anything we find. The best case scenario is that whatever came out of that rift is of no threat. Very well. And as you spoke of expediency, I imagine you will work with such. Now, if you gentlemen don't mind, you have many other petitioners who chose to wait in line today. <laughs> with that, she kind of clearly gives you the nod that you're dismissed, and the uh, remaining guard just kind of very cautiously, hand still at his pistol, although it's not pointed at anyone anymore, kind of gestures for you all to make your way towards the exit. Hey, Arden, have you come by the shop yet? Uh, no, young man, I have not. I did not think I was invited. Yeah. I'm sure it's quite quite well stocked. Yeah, it'd be I great. You should see, see it, Flint's please. workhouse, and I bet you two could work together to help the energy situation in the ship. Uh, well, you know, Charlie, we got a mission to attend to now. <laughs> we'll worry about such things later. <laughs> uh, let's go, let's go. And he's just pushing Jeb out the door. Bye, it's nice to meet you. If, you. if you need any assistance, just by all means, you you know how to reach me. Oh, I don't. Sure, sure, sure. How do I reach you? Well, I'll tell you about it later, Charlie. Come on. <laughs> okay, bye. He <laughs> <laughs> waves you both off. Uh, Jeb Cocker kind of looks at you well. Looks like you meant a word. Aye, sir. I appreciate the work you've already done for the town. Never let it be said that Mag Flint doesn't respect someone who works for a living. Can I give you the coordinates to my homestead? Or do you need me to actually guide you there? And he does look like he kind of is anxious to get back. I don't like leaving my, my wife and children by themselves if there is something prowling around out there. How did you get into town, sir? Oh, I have my own truck that I took. Well, I'll tell you what. Just give me the coordinates, and uh, we'll meet you out there after we gear up and I pick up the rest of my team. I hate to keep you from your family for too long. Much obliged. Kind of gives you the coordinates. You have a you have cybernetic internal computer, right? Yeah, the core electronics program. Yeah, so you just entered into your little like interface that you have, and little like GPS map of the area pops up. Looks like his place is about 20 miles south and just a little east of the town. So not, not overly far, but it, it, this rips earth, 20 miles could be dangerous. And he tells you that, um, best as, my, as I know, that the, that ley line runs about another 30 miles south of my property. Alright, we'll stop by later. Uh, this is the radio frequency that we'll be on. As long as we're within 20 miles, feel free to contact us. Assuming you have your own radio. If anything changes, let us know as soon as you find out, okay? Understood. And feel free to please stop by. I know the wife would love to treat you all to lunch for your hard work. Yes! I appreciate it. Business first, but we'll come by and let you know what we find. Give you a, just a gruff nod and heads on his way. 
once he walks away, Mag's just going to keep walking around until he finds a place where there's nobody else except Charlie. So yeah, you can easily, like I said, the ship, the part that sticks out of the ground is by itself over a mile long. There's some access to the underground part, but it looks like from what you've understood in the time you've been here, both of you, the deeper levels of the ship are either destroyed or just so damaged that there's no access to them. So kind of sticks up maybe like at a 30 or 45 degree angle out the earth. And so there's quite a, quite a big area, plenty of open spaces, lots of side passages. And then within these, the actual structure of the ship with other materials, they've built up buildings and, and the whole, basically the whole town itself. So you can either find a, a, an out-of-the-way place inside the, the city ship, or you can go to the uh, kind of like suburbs outside, or you can go back to your base, whatever you'd like to do to get some privacy. Yeah, he just walks around a corner where there's fewer people, and as soon as he gets there, he's like, Oh, we did it, Charlie. We finally found some payday here. 15,000 credits. Oh, finally getting back in the black. You did such a good job. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> We're going to be like... Thanks. I don't... Is, there a rough, is there a ruffling of fur that accompanies this action? You can pet me if you want. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> he does. He's just so excited. He just—he kept up that stoic front in front of everybody, but as soon as he's out there, he's like, oh, oh, oh. he's just so happy. There's not an HR meeting about this later. <laughs> you have to watch a video. As long as he doesn't get too much oil in my fur, it's fine. Your mutant friends. What are off limits? <laughs> to pet or not to pet? He got permission. It's okay. I knew he wanted to. <laughs> so... One thing I do want to do is uh, go by a camera, since she said to bring proof back. Oh. So, some sort of video recording device. So, it's just a matter of, like, maybe 15-20 minutes to walk to, like, the um, commercial district in the ship. The ship, like I said, is big enough, but there are people on vehicles. Like, there's not, like, full-on, like, hover cars and things like that, but the equivalent of, like, non-gasoline-powered motorcycle-sized stuff, or, like, golf cart kind of size stuff you see those fairly frequently but by and large most of the travel is on foot and you said weapons aren't allowed in the town right anything above a handgun is you have to check in uh, any armor of above just personal body armor and any weapon over handgun or knife is needs to be checked in as you enter the ship now they don't do like evasive scans they don't scan for magic or psionics they don't do, like, deep cybernetic scans, so security is fairly lax. It's not impossible to smuggle weapons in. Noted. For the future. <laughs> and if you buy weapons inside this the ship, essentially it's kind of like Renfair rules, where, like, they hold on to it, and when you're ready to leave, it'll be waiting for you. So as we're kind of walking, so why didn't you want me to do the burn trick? Like, if I left a mark, like, in the center of the room, every time they would have met there, would have, they would have remembered what we can do. It'd be like advertising for the mercenary company forever. Well, Charlie, you know how they check for weapons whenever you come inside the ship, yeah? Yeah, but I don't have any of those. Yes, but if you prove that you yourself are a weapon, they may not take that too well. Might not let you back in. I'm a weapon? Ah, uh, you are. I don't view you that way, but... Your powers are more powerful than most of the weapons them gods carry. And if they see that, they'll recognize you as a threat. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, 
folks with this money and power underneath them, they're far more afraid of an unchecked threat than folks like you and I who live our lives out in the wild. Ah. Oh. So how do I contact Arden? Uh, Arden? That elf is uh, obviously playing some sort of game. Don't be swayed by his honeyed words. I don't know. He's, He's just... uh, trying to find a way to embarrass me or something like that. Oh, it's just a game he's playing. I'm telling you. Do I believe him, Jason? Because they seem really friendly. That's up to you. There's no, like, deception check, per okay. se. And I'm clearly not lying to you. No. But as far as whether or not I'm correct... Right, right. This is another thing entirely. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can find out if he has anything like that going on. Well, we'll worry about that later. For right now, we need to prove ourselves to the council so we can get a steady stream of work. And I went ahead and dealt you your action cards you gentlemen got here. Triple raise. Excellent. Triple raise action card. I got... Motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't realize they made a card that said that, but I'm sure it's I got betrayed. Oh. A trusted friend turns against you, allying with your foes and spilling your secrets. You get a point of conviction or refresh your starting bennies if conviction isn't in play. Both of my cards are bad for me, but they give me other benefits. <laughs> what is conviction? So it's something you can earn from me. Mm-hmm. That it's a D six you can actually straight up add to a roll. So Ooh, instead of instead like of Yeah, instead of a re-roll or instead of like your wild die where you take the better of the two, conviction adds to it. Gotcha. And Will, what about which which one did you get? I got Parlay. All characters cease fighting and listen to the hero speak for at least thirty seconds. Others may only take defensive actions during this time. So it's no effect on beasts or other creatures that cannot understand the speaker. Nice. nice. See that's a good one. It stops yeah. a fight. Both of mine make fights worse. <laughs> like I said, remember, you can have up to three at a time, and you don't have to spend them this session if you don't want. Gotcha. So, Jason, do I need to roll something, or can we just say that I was able to buy a camcorder? Uh, unless you want to like actually roleplay out and haggle and try to get a cheaper price. Otherwise, if you have 300 credits or something of equal value to trade, you can pick a, a digital camera up. Yeah, I'm not trying to haggle or anything. I just want to pick it up and get back to headquarters. I'm really excited about the mission, and I want to get the team on the road ready to go. <laughs> so, Charlie, I mentioned the bazaar is always kind of an interesting thing for you, because it's just a yeah. a very large room, which by this case means very large, because it was clearly a, a very large room for the inhabitants of the ship. And it's just, it's got a large, la- large hole torn in the ceiling. So there's a lot of fresh air, but even that doesn't just dull the sheer myriad of scents and sounds in this in this room. It's just there's foods for sale, like people have food stalls. There's just strange pieces of technology, ancient you know relics from pre beginning of the cataclysm. Tons of people in here. It's just it can be a little overwhelming to your senses sometimes, but it's also quite interesting. Mag, can I have a hot dog? We don't have time for that right now, Charlie. But I got us the whole thing. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be so controlling. Of course, we're going to have a hot dog. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll buy it. I'll go buy him two hot dogs. That'll be four credits. Can you hold them? I, I can... Yeah, I, I can hold them. Okay. Uh, just, I'll have one now. Okay. I here. need a bit. Here you go. See, I'm going to try and eat it while we're going. Got your little doggy paw hands around it. 
It's good. Nice. It's probably even made with pig. Who knows? Love pig. All right. So you said you want to go back to the base. Yep. Got to get the team, and I got to get the mountaineer. So yeah, you journey through the the outskirts of town, which every week seems like it's pushing closer and closer to your uh, little mercenary compound here, which you deliberately set up on this on the edge to avoid you know danger. I imagine. Where is are you located, compass wise, from the the ship? So far, the city is kind of roughly spread evenly in all directions. But where where is your compound actually at in relation to the the ship? It would be on the west side because I came from the west when I first found Marl. Okay, sounds good. So at the western edge, what's outside? Like the area for the first like half a mile around the town is just kind of almost like hard packed, kind of like just broken dead earth. Makes it easy to get vehicles and things through, but just again, not a lot of growth. Once you get a little farther than that, you do get some like light scrub grass. It turns into kind of just gently, mostly flat, occasional rolling hill. But again, for whatever reason, crops just haven't been very successful when they're trying to grow in here. But your compound does kind of get a little closer to the woods in that region, not the west of the city. Outside the ship, you got the sun, nice and bright overhead, clouds, nice breeze is picking up. It's it's about um, October, so it's not super hot, even though we are roughly in Texas. But so far, it's a nice morning. The sense of like claustrophobia that might linger on you from being inside the ship city washes away pretty quick. The buildings out here, I describe it as kind of like a shanty town, but it's really not. It's just, you know, like a, almost like a pop-up town. There are definitely some areas that are more slummy looking than others, but uh, they're not. Nothing is inherently like crappy about the general demeanor of the town that's spilling out of the ship. It's just defense-wise, it doesn't have any of the that wonderful MDC hull plating surrounding it. No, you know, internal technology that's been worked on for the last few decades. So once out here, though, you do see more traditional ground vehicles coming and going. The hum of, like, generators and things like that powering, like, city blocks. People are starting to get up on the move now as the morning's starting to get full in this way. But you arrive back at the compound. Now, do you think you took the Mountaineer into the heart of the town, like, parked it near the ship, or did you just walk? How far is it? You're probably only like a mile away, maybe two at the most. Then we wouldn't have taken the Mountaineer. Uh, that's the other thing I meant to buy. Like a motorcycle or something? Not a motorcycle, but like just a pre-Riffs compact vehicle, like a Jeep or something. Yeah. Uh, it's, but if you're cool with it, that's what we took. Sure. And I'll t- yeah, absolutely. the credit. You got a little vehicle. It's nothing to write home about. You just haven't had the time to soup it up to your standards. But it's functional, and we'll say it's not a. We'll say it actually runs on Eclip, like it's not a a gasoline guzzler like some things. Cool. Can I have a little sidecar on it? <laughs> well, it's it's not a motorcycle. It's like oh. a jeep. You could have a child seat in the back to. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> sidecar, sidecar on the tiny car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the back, it's got like. The silhouettes of like a dwarf and a twelve foot tall glitter boy and a, t- a tiny dog, <laughs> and then you know like the five bastards. Compromise, Will. You can put your head out the window. How about that? Thank you. <laughs> so with that, like I said, the fact that there's there are roads, but they're kind of haphazard because like there've been there's been no regulation on them and how they're being built. But there's not a, an overly large abundance of traffic, so it doesn't take too long to zip the couple miles to the edge of the 
town. See the buildings start to space out and become more and more sparse. Do you think you live within eyesight of another building, or are you pretty far off from everybody? Um, there's not any other buildings nearby, but elves like to come play in this forest, and they come by all the time. Okay. And I throw rocks at them and tell them to get off our lawn. Okay. But no no neighbors, at least within visual sight. Right. Okay. So you get there, and you see like kind of like the prefab buildings you, you put up a few months ago. And as you get closer to the garage, you hear swearing. And then all of a sudden, Bright just walks out as the the massive doors lift up. Oh, hey boss. I wouldn't go in there. She wrecked the Glitter Boy. You hear like just a muffled, Glitter Girl! Uh, I think it's the actuator in the left knee, but it's locked up and... God, I'd really love if you could take a look at it. She's in there... Probably making it worse. Of all the damn times. I'm going to whisper to Flint, do you think it was Arden? Oh, I didn't think of that. Obviously it was that elf. Damn it. That's what he was up to. I knew there was something going Bright on. Right just kind of looks at the two of you confused. We finally got a job from the council. Really? Yeah. Like, we don't have time for the glitter boy to be down, so... I... Girl! <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need the two of you to go take care of that. Uh, as part of taking the job, we agreed that we'd go look at this tonight. So I can't do it. We'll leave the coordinates on the computer. If we get it fixed up and running, we can meet you there. Or at least she can, I guess. I suppose I could take the car. I'm assuming you want the the mountaineer prepped? Yeah, go ahead, prep the mountaineer. I'll grab the others. Yes, sir. You stay and provide whatever assistance you can. We need that gun up she got as soon as possible. Glad just past you, looks up. Hey, Charlie. Hi, do you want my extra hot dog? Ooh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I got full. <laughs> she chuckles at that. Because it is getting close to lunchtime. Pretty sure I... Alright, I'll get the Mountaineer ready. Okay. She walks back into more swearing. I'm going to go gather the team, get my extra equipment, and throw it into the Mountaineer so I'll have my full loadout. You don't see cowardly or lazy. <laughs> okay, let's see. Where are these some bitches at? I need my co-pilot. Can I kind of sniff around where they tend to be and see if I can get pick up a trail? Yeah, it's fairly easy for you, Charlie. You pick up cowardly set in the the bunk area, the the sleeping hall. Oh, okay. So he's in there, so I'll head in. Doors automatically like is open as you walk in. And you see uh, kind of like a 27-year-old human male just kind of sitting in there. Looks like he's put his like vest on. He's got his gun laying on the bed next to him. His clips kind of out there lined up. But he's just kind of like hands on his knees, shaking his head a little bit. Kind of doing some rapid breathing. Hey, what up? Oh, hey, uh, Chucky, right? No. Chaz? No. Close? Try again. I know it's a C name, like mine. Damn it, uh... Kendall? No, it's a K. Shit. Um, is it time to go? Yes, it's time to go. We got a new job! And two hot dogs. Yeah, I'm aware. Didn't know... About the hot dogs? You brought me a hot dog? No, because you don't know my name. That is fair. 
But yeah, only Bright gets hot dogs. Yeah, I'll be ready in a minute. <laughs> okay, don't breathe too hard, too fast. You fall over. Where's uh, Lazy? F Flint, as you are like getting things up, and imagine like Gunko's grabbing gear and getting things situated. You see, Lazy's like walking like over by the the, the mess hall. Got like a beer in hand. He's wearing just a towel. Oh, hey, hey, Chief. You were up early. <sighs> yeah, it's because uh, we got work to do. Somebody's got to get up and go find us a job, eh? Yeah, I'm doing that guard shift down at the tap room at, uh, like, tonight. Not anymore. We got a job. Get your gear. Oh, like a job job? Yeah, a real job. We got a real job. We're going to check out a rift. See if anything came out of it. See if there's any threat. But you don't need me, right? Because I got the job later. And I did just open this... I just opened the beer. Okay, that's good. And he takes the beer. <laughs> You're not getting a fucking ATV. I gotta go get some pants. So he just, like, runs in and gets changed. Sneaky comes up. She's, she's already been in the room the whole time. She's, uh... Her name is Scarlet. Scarlet? Uh, Lazy's name is Lasan, and Cowardly is just Clark. Okay. Uh, Scarlet, like I said, she's already been there in the room the whole time. She comes up and says, uh, what about me, boss? And Mags just jumps. Oh, shit, Scarlet. I told you not to sneak up on me like that. And it scared me to death. We've got a job. Get your gear. Get in the mountain here. We're going to investigate a rift. And then Mag goes and gets his stuff ready. See, everybody loads up. You know, their gear is what it is. It's not great. Plenty of room in the Mountaineer, which is in tip-top working order. Just begging for some extra customization that maybe this job will allow you to add some stuff to it. Who's driving? I'm assuming you. Yeah, I'm driving and Cowardly is my co-pilot because the Mountaineer requires a crew of two. And Charlie doesn't have human hands. No, I don't. Alright, so you pack up, get all your gear, weapons hot, head on. It's only 20 miles over relatively stable terrain, so you can pretty much go out on the edge and you don't have to wait for the Glitter Boy to catch up, so you can be there easily in under 30 minutes. But we're going to go ahead and do a quick drive check just to make sure nothing goes wrong here. I'm going to real fast... Roll to see if Cowardly can support you. Oh, wow. You get plus two. Maybe that fear is focusing him on the task ahead. You occasionally hear it mutter, it's all little steps. Just gotta get in the car, drive the car, deal with the violence when we get there. Stay in the car. That's his thing. <laughs> the better he does at driving, the more likely he is to stay there. So, Clark, why are you so, why are you so worried all the time? Kind of like shouts back. Can't hear you over the rumbling of the engine. You can all hear it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's my roll. Uh, and it's actually a plus three because of the assistant I'm interfaced. Okay, so then that's actually success of the race. So yeah. Plot the cord is pretty easy. The ATV here can take the terrain. You go all out. We'll say travel time, you actually cut a few minutes off. It takes you about 15 minutes to get down to, if you want to go directly to Jeb's farmstead, you could. But that would take about 15 minutes. If you want to bypass that and look for the rift and the ley line nexus point, 
uh, that would take you maybe a total of 45 minutes with that drive check. Okay. I want to take a path that uh, brings me within radio range of the Cochrane farm because I want to uh, contact them and check and see if they've noticed anything since their first report. Yeah, you could definitely get within 20 miles because he's only about 20 miles south of the city. Your, your starting location is a little west of it, so as long as you angle east a little bit, after a few minutes, you'll be able to establish radio contact. You'll pro- you could potentially beat him back to the farmstead, depending on how good a hit car he has. Yeah, once we get within range, I'll just call out on the radio. Mr. Cochran, Mag French here. Do you read? Uh, copy of Mr. Flint. This is Jeb, Jeb Jr. That's with uh, two, two Bs <laughs> and a J. Actually, there's two Js. That's Jeb Jr. with two Js. You sound like a very smart young man. I have the two Js. Yes, obviously. My dad's not home yet. He went to the big city. Are you from the big city? You get This kid sounds very young. <laughs> yes, little Jib. Uh, we met your father in the city, and he told us what you saw, and we've come to check it out. Have you seen anything else in the meantime? Oh, I didn't see it. That 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 was Jeb too. Not Jeb also. That's Jeb too. He's he's the biggest brother. <laughs> but no, he saw the big flash. Unless he's a liar. Sometimes he lies about a lot of stuff. Like like he told me he could lift a whole wagon by himself. <laughs> he's a liar. Uh, well, that be as it may. What, uh, Ma? I know it's almost time for lunch. I don't want to wash my hands. Could you ask your ma there to come to the radio there, Jeb? But I'm on the radio. Oh, yes, boy, I, I understand that, but there are things that... And it's Jeb Jr. with two J's. I got you, Jeb Jr., J.J. Now go get your ma, boy. <laughs> yes, sir. And you hear, like, footsteps, It's like and, like, the mic clearly, like, flailing on his cord and banging into, like, a table leg. Bye! You gotta... Somebody's on the radio! A few minutes later. Hello? Who is this? Mrs. Cochran, I presume. Speaking, uh, again, who is this? My name is Magnesium Flint. I met your husband in the city. Oh, my dear, something wrong with my jab. There is nothing wrong with your husband. We are going to investigate what your boys saw. I just wanted to check in and see if any other activity has been noticed since your husband left this morning. Uh, no, my boys have been keeping a lookout in the field. So far, they haven't reported anything. And no more flashes either that we could see. All right. I appreciate your assistance, Mrs. Cochran. Your husband should be on his way home. Tell him we pass by when he gets there. Thank you again. Uh, Will do, sir. If you're investigating those ley lines, I believe they cross about 30, 35 miles um, southeast. Southeast of your homestead, correct? Yes, sir. It's a very narrow crossing. Like the, One of them is very short from what I understand. I've only seen it a handful of times up close, but no real reason to go out that far. But they, they're almost parallel to each other, but I know, 30 miles seems like a long distance, but it's just doesn't sit right with us. I wish wish my husband had not inherited a farm this far out. Well, rest assured, Mrs. Cochran will take care of anything that comes out of there. But you are right to be worried. Thirty miles is but a flash in a pan for many of the things I've seen. 
as you say that, like, uh, the, because I imagine you're focusing more on talking, like, so, uh, Clark has the wheel, and as you say, that's a flash in the pan to some of these things that comes out the rift, like the, the ATV swerves just a little bit. Yeah. Damn it, Clark. So, so, sorry, sorry, pothole. Steady hands, boy. What's a pothole? But worry not, Mrs. Cochran, because that's even less to the company I keep. So, this is nothing but a walk in the park for him. Well, that's a relief. If you all finish up your work or need to stop by, we dinner's in, a, in about four hours. Fix us an extra plate then, Mrs. Cochran, because we'll sure to be visiting with good news. Thank you. Thank you. Then I end the call. All right. So, you're going to bypass the farm and head pretty much directly down there, right? Yeah, no reason wasting time visiting. So you have a couple methods you could do. You could just pretty much drive due south until you hit the ley line and then follow it until you reach the nexus. Or you could try and angle maybe more towards where you think the nexus might be. On your map that you have of the city, there's only the one big one. They don't really show this whatever this spur, this offshoot is that's causing the nexus point. Gotcha. She did say it was about 30 miles southeast of their, their homestead. All right. So using that and the location of their homestead, I would like to try to plot that out on a map. Okay. We could do survival. I could see academics. Um, using the computer systems you have, I could even see electronics. Electronics would definitely be better for me, not to mention the core electronics package comes with a built-in gyro compress in my brain. Yeah, I do have so. good survival as well. Tell you what, uh, my electronics is pretty ridiculous. It's a D8 plus 3. Okay. So um, you can support me with survival while I plot the course out on our map using electronics. Sure. Uh, unless your survival is better than that. It's a D8 plus 2 if I'm smelling or hearing something. Well, you won't be smelling or hearing because you're yeah. in the car. But, yeah. So yeah, go ahead and roll your, your D8 to support mag there. It's a 10. Yep. yep, so you'll add plus 2 to Mag's roll. Alright, I'll roll it. Wow, I rolled super poorly. So, uh, with plus 2 into that, that'd be a 7, so success, but not success with the race. So, if you want to stick with that, you can. Otherwise, you can try to re-roll with a Benny. No, no, success is enough. I'm just trying to plot a course. It's not worth it. Okay. So, yeah, you, you figured out with that that you blame it more on the fact that your maps haven't been updated, which is no fault of your own. It's just they weren't fresh, up-to-date maps have not made available. Doesn't seem like the town of Marl has actually financed any scouting missions of recent times to update things, especially that far out. So it takes a little bit longer, despite the fact that you're hauling the ass in the, in the ATV here. But you do manage to eventually find the ley line itself, and as you're kind of following it as it snakes back up northeast. It's only about maybe 10 or 15 minutes before you see this very thin, like you can see the edges of it. Like maybe they extend about uh, 100 yards to the kind of like northeast, southwest, in a very kind of flat X if you were looking at it from up top. So there's clearly a nexus there. So do you want to stop and investigate? Because this is most likely where the rift would have opened. Yeah, definitely. And Charlie, as soon as the truck starts getting closer, you start getting the brain pain. <laughs> yeah, so I do lose, I have uh, ley line hypersensitivity, so I lose my psychic sense. Um, if there's a storm, I gain a level of fatigue. 
Yeah, thankfully it's no storm. Now you do get the general benefits of being next to a ley line, so your powers are a little stronger next to them. But yeah, your particular dog boy senses, of course, are going to cause you some issues here. So I imagine I just kind of like start sneezing, <laughs> like yeah, just the, the overwhelming magic. scent of like mystical energy is just everywhere. Yeah, it's it's worse than the bazaar. Like, just it's overwhelming. All right, Meg, you pull up, give the orders. All right, Clark here. Take this camcorder. Stay with the truck. Keep a video record of whatever happens here. Yes, sir. Scarlet, scout around, find some cover. See if there's anything else you can see. All right. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird talking to myself. <laughs> Listen, you and, uh, what's his name? Did you name Gung Ho yet? His name is Boone. Listen, you go at Boone. Find a way. Point us forward. Charlie, you'll go ahead and look for tracks or any other sort of remnants of creatures that may have come out of the rift. Boone goes, who fucking raw, Captain? Grabs a big-ass machine gun and just leaps out. Um, Boone has an M16A2 with an M203 underbarrel grenade launcher attached to it. Excellent. Excellent, thank you. But, but he only has the two grenades, so use wisely. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> That's the other thing. The grenades are the only MD weapons that any of us have besides you. So you're the only one capable of dealing mega damage. I see. Well, I will play into his stereotype, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't expect them to last long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you fan out. The area looks fairly calm. Uh, the ley line, the, the major one that's running like southwest to northeast, it's pretty large. Uh, if you were to stand in the center of it, it probably extends like maybe 12 yards. Like Actually, it's fairly tiny then. It's actually a fairly small ley line, so about maybe 12 yards across. The, the little offshoot spur, half that, and it only goes for a couple hundred feet. The area around it looks like it's mostly like short grass, rocks, fading, like kind of much patchier than around the town, so it's like kind of just sparse kind of scrubland here. But you don't see a, a soul in sight, not a bird in the sky. If you want to investigate, you can. Yeah, I like to kind of start sniffing and listening around. I'll avoid Boone, because I imagine he smells a lot like testosterone and alcohol. <laughs> Alright, so if you want to give me a notice check, just kind of take in the area. Yeah. And remember, you lose your extra senses there. Right, so that's a success with a raise. I do get a plus two to any scent or hearing checks. So it's a 12. So yeah, Charlie, you're kind of looking around. Maybe it's because you're just physically closer to the ground. <laughs> or maybe just because you're so perceptive. You definitely pick up a scent once you like kind of get past that just raging torrent of magic that's next to you. Yeah. There's definitely the smell in the air of some kind of like just a hint of ozone. Maybe like four or five hours old. And you do think like looking at the ground that the grass is a little flatter here. Maybe a larger vehicle. Uh, most likely some kind of hover vehicle was in this area. Okay. And it seems to be going northeast. Not not too far off the line. I'm going to let out a howl to get everyone's attention. You hear like a, a gunshot as somebody nervously pulls the trigger. <laughs> 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 Shit, sorry, Chief. Damn it, Lazon. Be careful. Sorry. Charlie, they scared the shit out of me. 
You know you're supposed to keep your safety on until it's time to engage in combat. I know, I forgot. <laughs> Haven't had to actually use the thing in a while. Well, let's hope you don't have to. What you got there, Charlie? Looks like a hoverboard. It's going in this direction. Pretty decent sized vehicle, so at least the size of your ATV. Okay, so like a hover tank or hover ATV. Yeah, a rather sizable little vehicle. Was it northeast, Jason? Yes, but now that you've found this, you could make survival rolls if you want to track. So, uh, that's a 14 as I get a plus two to any tracking checks. Survival. So yeah, you could clearly make out the where the truck has gone. Um, if you guys drive slow, so you can kind of occasionally stop out and check your tracks, you should be able to follow it. Yep. I'll kind of climb up on the hood of the car and kind of direct as we're going. Yeah. So every like maybe fifteen minutes, you stop and take a look. It looks like the it's this vehicle was staying fairly close to the ley line itself, just kind of following it along northeast. Not on it, but far close enough where it could stay in sight. Uh, after about 30 minutes or so, the terrain starts to change and move away from grassland to just hard pack, kind of like, not quite desert, but definitely some like badlands. And it becomes a little easier to track. And it becomes easier because you pick up a few more tracks. These are definitely wheeled vehicles that have left lines in the dirt. Looks like at least two, two wheeled vehicles. And then a large four-wheel vehicle. Not quite as large as your ATV, but definitely beefier than a normal, than like little, the little car you guys have back at the compound. And it seems like these tracks are following uh, the hover tracks, which are now much harder to make out. But at this time, you followed it several miles in the same direction. It seems like this, that hover car was always going to follow the rift. Or the excuse me, the ley line. It didn't deviate much in like the last five or six miles. So, and these tracks look like they came from elsewhere and then met up with the hover vehicle's tracks, right? Yeah, these look like they. Once Charlie looks around and kind of widens his circle, these came even further south, crossed over the ley line, went north, saw the, and then started kind of like turning off that north kind of west path. And start going northeast, following after the direction that you last saw the hover car going. And with your raise there, Will, these tracks look like they're maybe like about an hour old. Okay, I'll inform everybody of that. And they are going faster than the hover car. Based on your best guess. Like, the hover car didn't seem like it was going very fast anyways. Yeah. But then, um... These things definitely are going faster because you can tell, like, if you look far enough south where the tracks meet up, like they're definitely like a little bit deeper now. That they're going northeast, like they're kicking their engines into overdrive, digging up more dirt as they're going faster. Flint, we may want to pick up the pace. Um, a conflict might be waiting to happen, and Boone just kind of goes, "Who fucking raw? Fucking raw." All right, Charity. You feel fairly confident that this vehicle's been following this ley line. Best of your knowledge, Charlie. Yep. Yeah. All right, then. We'll pick it up. Let's go max speed. Okay. Does your ATV have any sensors or anything like that? Yes, it has a built-in STS. All right. Go ahead and give me an electronics check. Minus four. 
Okay, I'm jacked into the ATV, so this roll will be at a total of minus two. Okay. Uh, that's a six. That's a success. So you, you head on, you're hauling ass, kind of going the same roughly direction, kind of keeping that ley line to your right as you're angling more and more north. And then you get a ping on your sensors. Something fairly close. It's hard to distinguish the number of things, but your sensors are definitely picking up vehicles of some sort uh, within a mile. Like, you should be getting visual range here any minute. Now, I'm assuming you are going to, once you get the sensor confirmation that you're within a mile, you're going to keep going. Uh, Yes. But I will start to slow down a bit once I can ascertain our relative speeds. Uh, It looks like these objects are stationary for the most part, at least according to your sensor readings. Okay. I'm seeing a lot of rocks on the map here, so I would like to try to park the vehicle behind a an outcropping that can hide it. Yeah. Uh, so these big ones are pretty tall. Like, they're dozens of feet high. The big, like, kind of gray rocks are probably around, like, 10 feet high. Uh, anything with, like, a very small rock is something you could take cover behind, but it's not enough to give you total cover. So go ahead and put the ATV where you'd like, but you're going to need to give me a driving check to try to be stealthy about it, because this is kind of hard-packed dirt. You are kicking up dust as you go. But you could slow down and, and attempt to possibly hide and avoid notice. Would you like uh, Clark to assist you? I don't think there's any need for Clark to assist. Uh, you know what? You know, we'll give him a chance. Uh, Clark, uh, keep an eye on the sensors. Let me know anything that comes up that I need to respond to. Gotcha, Chief. Okay, Clark. He got a success. Oh, you know, he didn't get a success because that. That's not a wild die. That's if they act as a group. So he got three. So he's so yeah. All right. You could tell like he's you've seen Clark get this way before. Like he's good once the fight starts, but he's just always performance anxiety. And he's what's like the second your sensor sweep picked up pings, you see him like nervously kind of just like tapping the the dashboard, like constantly looking in the, the side mirrors, checking his clip, making sure it's in his gun. And so he's just not, he's too unfocused at the moment to really help you out too much. I kind of imagine while this is happening, Boone's getting like more and more hyper and excited. and That's just making it worse. Uh, Lasan is eating a stick of gum. <laughs> <laughs> while I do have a plus two to this check, I only rolled a one and a two, which would give me a four. And since I'm afraid this is an opposed check. And this will be opposed. Yeah, then I will definitely re-roll that with a Benny. Huh? And since I have Elon, re-rolling with Benny gives me an additional plus two. So with the vehicle interface, it's a total of plus four to this roll. And uh, that's a four. Plus four is an eight, and I can live with that. You can live with that, so you go with an eight. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to make two rolls. One for our wild card and one for our stuff. Oh, shit, there's a wild card. <laughs> That's what your sensor tells you. There's a wild card out there. Uh, so since it's a group of extras, I am going to say that they'll make a group check on their notice roll. Uh, so they got a four, so it doesn't beat your eight. Let's, I'm not going to spend a penny on them. Now let's see about our wild card. Fuck yeah. Damn it. 
But yeah, as you're going, like you just you're trying to be kind of surreptitious about it, keep these other rocks that are farther to the west in between you. But as you glance in your rearview mirror, you do see that you are kicking up quite a bit of dust. <laughs> and even going slow and minimizing noise, you're fairly certain something probably saw you. So as you get closer, your sensors kind of make out two distinct groups, two rather large vehicles. As you are coming up in the distance, you see one looks like a hover vehicle, a little bit bigger than your ATV, more long and less um, maneuverable. Seems like it's got a lot of storage space. Seems like it's got some smoke coming out of it a few paces, and you see some laser fire going towards it, and like this rock where you see, from your distance, Flint, you see a rather skinny, tall, blue-skinned alien being. And let me go ahead and share out. He is cowering behind this rock. To the north, you see what looks like a dune buggy with armored plates and a railgun on a turret on the back with a kind of a Wastelander, Mad Max-style kind of guy pointing that turret out towards the hover car. You see a couple of motorcycles, or two guys on motorcycles. Let me go ahead and distinguish them. So this guy here is like some sort of blue humanoid. Uh, in fact, anybody who wants to, or actually, just actually you, Flint, because everybody else doesn't have access to your sensor screen. If you want to make a common knowledge check, you can. Uh, minus two for just... This is a it is a different species, but it's not like so uncommon that you might not know it. Alright, so I got a seven. You are familiar with these beings. You've ran across them before in your previous assignments to the Mercenary Company. It's a race of beings known as the Uteni. And they are commonly representatives of the Naruni Enterprises Arms Corporation. Primary makers of plasma weapons and considered persona non grata by the coalition states, to, to you know, be polite about it. They are interdimensional arms dealers, essentially. And from the picture, he appears to be some sort of blue humanoid. And he has a very small mouth, if he has a mouth at all. He doesn't really have a mouth. You, from you met him before, they usually have kind of bulbous black solid eyes. They look kind of like classic Roswell aliens, but like stretched out in blue. Yeah. With your check, you would know they are also minor shape changers. They can't really change their form drastically or like copy people, but they can shift their general build and height and weight to kind of look more like the people they might deal with. The... Tokens pegged in blue are, are two guys on motorcycles. The other two guys presumably probably hopped off the back of that big rig, or the, the dune buggy there, the greens. And then the Caladex is a rather large, like 6'6", looking like a combination of if a beetle and a man were mutated into one, shining in chrome cyberware. Damn. Alright, so we obviously have some hostilities potentially going to happen here, so I'm going to actually roll out the old initiative tracker. Nice. This makes it our inaugural combat. Woo! Going to throw the them bastards on there as well. Unless you want them all to stay in the car. No, uh-huh. Alright, everybody roll out. Take up defensive positions. We may have been spotted. What's our goal, Flint? Well, if there's a threat that came out of the rift, we need to take care of it. Other than that, we're just here to observe and determine what the situation is. Now that I've got everybody on the tracker with a turn, would you like me to deal cards to the... We'll do, I'll deal them to you guys first. So, initiative time. So, Justin, you got an ace of diamonds. Okay. Charlie, 
Five of spades. We're gonna do our Tenny friend. We got three of diamonds. The bikers go on a queen of clubs. Or I say the bikers, but basically all of our non-wild cards. And finally, our enemy wild card goes on an eight of hearts. All right. I'll say you can get out, and then we'll officially start combat. So you don't have to use any actions to get out. As you leave, though, you are getting out. You hear loud noises. So as the railgun on top of this dude buggy is plinking and putting dents in the side of this truck, and occasionally chipping away at this boulder, and you hear like the roaring, or the roaring of motorcycle engines as they're kind of like revving engines trying to intimidate. The quick glances you got as Gung Ho like looks around the corner. It looks like the ragtag Mad Max extras are armed with like um, laser weapons and melee weapons. It's hard to see Califax from the angle you guys are at, so you can't really make them out too much. But you are up first there, Flinty. Alright, so just to clarify, the Naruni Enterprises is not considered uh, an enemy like on site here in the Empire. Right? Yep. There's people that sell arms. Alright. Yeah, Flint would see him and be like, alright, get this guy to owe us a favor and that would be for the best. I feel like we're probably on his side because the other guys just look like a random group of raiders, right? Yeah, uh, you haven't gotten close enough to really make out any if there's a cohesive group fashion statement or... But uh, they definitely look like raiders. It's pretty high. Like I said, it's probably a good 30, 40 feet high easily. So it's doable, but it's going to take you a while. We'll say it's 10 inches to get to that first kind of level there. So it would take me at least three rounds just to climb up to that first level. That seems like kind of a waste. I'm going to go ahead and... I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I'm going to say if you would like to run, obviously that would penalize your climb roll, but it could give you more pace to work with. No, I, I think that might be a little too much. It's uh, probably better to make the more tactical decision to get closer to the engagement. All right, I'm going to move forward... And as I pass by the extras, I'm going to give some hand signals that are like, follow, form up and follow me as I point toward this bluish rock that looks like it gives about 10 feet of cover. It's a pretty big one. Yeah, I could definitely get, to, get total cover if you hide behind it. Yeah, so I'll point at that and make my hand signals as I move toward it. In fact, I will go ahead and run and uh, let me see what actions I want to do. And I'll say you had time before the combat started. If you want to draw a weapon, you could. Oh, yeah. Great. I just want to be certain that these guys that I've identified as raiders are bandits or whatever, and not the militia of, like, a nearby settlement. You can give me a common knowledge check. Okay. So I will do that, and I guess nothing else. That way I don't have any multi-action penalty. Does the run penalty apply? Applies to everything. Okay. Also, I forgot my run is super low, so that may not have even been worth it. But uh, there's common knowledge. At a minus two would be a four. Still a success. Yeah, you can't identify what Raider band, but you're 90% confident these are not just concerned citizens or private militia. And if they were, they're definitely not within their like sovereign territory or the territory they probably hold. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I had a clear conscience jumping in on the Uteni side. Yep. And I mean, the Uteni's vehicle doesn't look like it has any weapons on it that you saw. 
he is so far is not returning any kind of fire, and he's outnumbered like what six to one. So. Okay, so I did that action, and let me roll my little run die. Let's see. And I got a three, so I have a total pace of ten. Which doesn't get me all the way to cover, but that is the end of my turn. And I will go ahead and move Scarlet now. She has the base pace of six with a d6 run die. She's going to run also. Uh, for a total of seven, and Clark will also run, and he gets three, so he gets a total pace of nine. He'll move to here, right behind me. Okay, and the minions you control are done, so the next on our list is our Queen of Clubs, is our Mad Max folk. Alright, so I'm going to start with blue one, kind of looks over, sees you all running, we got company, boss! <laughs> Revs his bike, pops it up on a wheelie, starts driving here. So, real quick, he is going to make a quick driving roll. Is that another, like, APC that they've got there, or what? It's a, it's an armored dune buggy. Uh, so he tries to... Like he's like, we got company, boss. Pop, tries to pop a wheelie and ends up fucking up, and his bike starts swerving, and he doesn't <laughs> get to drive it and charge at you guys. Let's say that takes his action, but he's done. Uh, number two, however, is gonna try to do the same thing. <laughs> All right, motorbike guy number two. See if he can control his bike. Not really. He got a three, so he doesn't make any progress either. So the two blue bikers. Turn their bikes in your direction, but don't, like, unleash just yet. Uh, number one here, however. He's gonna... Take a look at some stuff. So he's got a pace of six. And he's got a weapon. Pulse laser rifle. 24-inch range in that bad boy. One, two, three, four, five, six. Charlie, are you ready to unleash the big gun? This is your moment to shine. I've got plans. Uh, it looks like you're about 10 inches away. He's going to shoot at you. 10 inches is within his short range, so he has no penalties. So it's just going to be a shooting roll from him. Oh shit, I'm about to That's die. That's a hit with a raise. So, I'm going to roll damage. So, 21 damage versus your toughness. How much of your toughness is derived from armor? Okay. My toughness is uh, 12, uh, 5 of which is derived from armor. Okay. So, the laser pulse rifle he's using only has AP 2. So, your toughness is reduced by 2 because you have 5 armor. So, you're 10 toughness. So you, got, you have 21 damage. So, you have a hit with two raises. You will suffer two wounds unless you soak. Ouch. Uh, yeah, I'll soak it. He takes a calm measured shot and just poof, looks like it's coming at you. And soak is just a... Uh... Just a vigor roll. Okay. Ooh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So that's a success with uh, eight is a raise, twelve is a raise, so success with two raises. You take no wounds. So how do you get out of the way of this laser? How do you soak it up? Well, 
originally I was scoping this thing and I saw these guys with all their weapons, but then I got uh, distracted for a little bit when Clark came up and hid behind me. And so I turned around to scold him, like, Hey, Clark, you son of a bitch. And then I saw his eyes get super wide in his instinctual dodge, and then I just followed it and dropped to the ground. Laser bolt comes seared over your head. All right. So he went... Number two. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's 11 squares away, so that's still within the short range of his gun. He is going to also just fire a single shot at Cowardly. Clark, no. You are familiar with those pulse rifles. You know they can go to a heavy, a much heavier damage setting, and they also are capable of rapid fire. Yeah, if we survive this, we're about to fucking get an upgrade. He misses horribly. Like the laser just kind of goes off, hits the rock next to, like between you and him and Cowardly, sears a big bolt into it. But otherwise, nothing big. All right, and then this gentleman here. I help by actually moving. Uh, so he is 16 squares away. The short range on his laser is a 24. His lasers have some range. So he is popping a shot off at Scarlet, since he can see her, despite the fact that she's ducking behind everybody else. That's going to be a hit. Uh, no raids. So I will roll some damage. That's still some serious fucking damage on that rifle. Well, remember yours, I, uh, I rolled well. Uh, so that's 18 damage coming at Scarlet. What is her toughness? Probably not that great, <laughs> since she's just wearing a Kevlar vest. And two, and it will pierce two armor, so if, if she has... Oh, that will penetrate all of her armor, so she's back to her base toughness of five. So it'd be a hit with three raises. So Scarlet is incapacitated, right? Yes. Because you don't get the ability to spend a Benny to soak for your guys, right? I don't think so. Yeah, so yeah. Check. I don't think you do either. So yeah. Yeah, it's a edge I could yeah. take. So Scarlet's running, ducking behind you and Cowardly, and just this guy, must dead-eyed dick here, just manages to clip her right in the side. You hear her scream out as you smell like burning Kevlar fabric, and she crumbles to the ground. She's not dead, per se, but she is down. So after them is Beetle Boy. And as he starts sauntering out here, even from this distance, you can see that like his footprints are heavily impacting the ground, kicking up little dust clouds. He looks like he has a combination of just chitin and cyber armor. Uh, on his left arm there, going from like his forearm back, is just a very long blade that you can hear vibrating in the air. He just casually takes a look to his right at all of you, seems dismissive, and turns his eyes back on the Uteni. He does not appear to have a ranged weapon. He is done. Which means we are now on to Charlie. You hear the okay. scream of pain and the sound of a body hitting the ground a few seconds before you get to act. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. I'm going to have Gung-Ho go first. So I roll for... If you want him to run, you would have to roll d6. Okay, so I can move and take an action, right? Yes. Otherwise, so... 
you can take up to three actions. If you run, you'll have an additional minus two to everything you do. If you take more than one action, you take basically minus two. If you take two actions, you take minus four. If you take three. Um, I assume diagonal counts as one, or is that two? Yeah, we're just going to do one because this game doesn't care about diagonals. Okay, Boone's going to run out screaming, and he's going to fire upon the person that lasered uh, Scarlet down. That would be this asshole. Okay, so yeah, I think that's what he's going to do. And he is 13 squares away. Okay. So if you're going to shoot, you're going to roll a shooting skill. Okay. I don't then look at the gun and see if it's within range. I think it is. I think the 24 slash 48 says 26. Yeah, so 24 inches is short range. You got plenty of range on there. Okay. Uh, grenades is 5, 10, and 20. So that's I if you that's throw them. Um, he actually has a launcher, and the range of the launcher is. Give me forever to find this because they have it in rocket launchers. <laughs> the range is the same as the M16. Okay, in that case, I'll, I'd like to use a grenade, please. Okay, so it should say in the notes for the grenade what type of burst template it is. You still have to make the attack roll, because if you miss, yep. it will deviate. Okay. Use athletics, may be evaded, MDC, LBT. That's if it's thrown, so it's a large burst template. You'll use shooting because it's under the grenade launcher. He's not actually throwing it. Okay. Bear in mind, you only have two of those, <laughs> and that's some but... limited mega damage stuff. Luckily, it's right next to the uh, vehicle they have. So, blast large, right? Yep, large. Large one. Okay, so yeah, it looks like I can hit all three. Uh, the two people by the car and the car itself. Okay. Shoots me. And... Shooting. Oof. So that is a two and a one. Yeah, so that's going to deviate. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't spend bennies on these guys. Double checking the rules here. It's once again, another rule I didn't think would come up. Good job, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm your, I'm your unprepared DM. <laughs> Told you we had a list, bro. <laughs> you were prepared with your list. I was not. Yeah. <laughs> prepared my list of things you're not prepared for. Blast template misses. It deviates 1d6 for throwing weapons or 2d6 for fired projectiles. Um, so do me a favor, roll 2d6, if you would, Will. Okay. So we got 11. I'll put the blast template out again. And now if you would roll a d12. Okay. You got a 12? Right. <laughs> Looks like it's going to go due north. <laughs> and uh, 11 inches, but it can never go more than half the distance to the original target, which I believe we said was... I put the template back, so... It was 13, so it can only go about, we'll say, 6. So it's just going to land way up here. But yeah, it just... Basically, it does nothing. Yep. You fire the grenade... You, you yank the gun to the left, the grenade bounces off the cliff face here, and then just goes careening up to here and explodes. It makes a very loud noise and a pretty little fireball, but uh, you see some eyes turn towards Gung Ho. Boom there. <laughs> Perfect. Charlie. <laughs> or, and you have, well, you have Lazy as well, too. Oh, I do. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not controlling them in combat. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Remember, you All guys right. do have your cards, although I highly recommend Justin does not do reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or betrayal at this point. <laughs> Cowardly turns around and shoots you in the ass. 
So for pace, I reroll a d6, right? No, it's if only if you want to run. You, it's yeah, six I think... plus the, the d6 run die, yeah. If you yeah. run, though, any action you take will have a minus two. Okay, so I do want Lazy to run. Okay, so roll a d6. Does the vehicle we drove in on have any weapons? No. Just, okay. just, stick, just stick armor plating. We might need to get back in it. We've already lost one. Can actually have Lazy get in and drive. He's not a good driver, but he could. Uh, I don't want to run Scarlet over. It'd be so bad. Would be. Wouldn't it? Also, we determined <laughs> that it takes two to drive. Yeah, it takes two to drive. Got right. Two. Okay. And he needs somebody else to drive with him. Okay, so I rolled a one. So, so... You can move seven inch or seven squares with Lazy. Lazy Lasan there. Gonna put him here. It kind of runs. Leaps over Scarlet and uh, wait. Actually, let me check his sheet see if he has any healing. No, I don't think any. And you can't heal in combat. Oh, good to know. It takes ten minutes per wound level. I mean, the only thing you can do is like first aid if somebody's bleeding out, but that doesn't apply to. Extras. Gotcha. So he's just gonna run and kind of get behind Cowardly. Funnily uh, enough, trying to get to that rock for cover. Uh, and then for Charlie, um, I believe I can take multiple actions, right? It's a minus two per. Is that true? Yeah, so it's minus two to all your actions if you take two actions, or minus four if you take all three. Okay. And if you run, that would be an additional minus two. Okay. And then if I short uh, a spell, it's... Um, uh, by this so point, go ahead and... Rec- what is your hourly PowerPoint recovery rate? Ten. You recover ten from what you spent earlier. It's been an hour. Okay. If I short, that's also subtraction per point I'm shorting as well, right? Yeah. And if you okay. fail, I think you crit fail. Okay. So let's see. So Fly says that I'll soar at a pace of 12 or twice with a raise. Uh, how high is the cliff face again? This area right there is 10 inches. Okay. This is 15. I see. You could be on this like plateau level for 10 easily with the 12. Okay, cool. So yes, I'm going to fly, cast protection, and move up. Okay, so you're going to be uh, a minus so four to all... Or, uh, no, you're only taking two actions. So yeah, you'll be two, minus two to all your psionics rolls. So go ahead and roll to activate okay. fly. Okay, cool. You do get a free roll if you want to take it. We'll take it. Because that's only a five. That's definitely not success with the raise. It's better, 10. And that's minus two, so that would be eight. So that would be success of the race. So you activate fly with a race. Okay. So as you, your eyes glow blue and you start levitating in the air, you can move and split your actions up at any time. So if you need to, you don't have to take all actions first or anything like that. So with the race, what is your flight pace now? Uh, it should be 24, I believe. Yes. Okay, so yeah, you can, you can move 24. Okay, so it's 10 up. If I can, I'll take cover, like, here. That's alright? Yeah, that's five inches. That's that's high, but you can't see anybody either. Okay. My next turn, I could, like, peek around, though, right? Yeah. Okay. And if yeah. you have movement, you could actually go around now and then move back. So if you could... Okay, yeah. Remember, your movement... Your actions can happen at any point. You keep spending your movement. So you could go where you were, peeking out, activate an attack power, then use the rest of your movement to duck back around behind the wall. Okay, I, I will be able to. They will be able to fire upon me, though, right? If I, even if I am behind there. No, it's ten feet of. It's like uh, five yards of cover. Okay. It's basically hiding behind a wall. Okay. 
In that case, uh, the second action I'll activate is Bolt. Okay. I'm going to spend uh, four more uh, to activate Greater Bolt, which causes 46 mega damage. And another two to get Onslaught, which gives me a rate of fire of two, or firing five bullets. Just a yes. FYI, these the only wild card here is that dude. Everybody else is an extra, so they don't need mega damage to damage them. Well, they don't. They appear to be wearing body armor, but nothing that would be requiring mega damage to damage them. What's up to you? I know. I'm just trying to cause shock and all. Can I? Could I play a card after this and then do something else, or would that be three actions? Unless the card says it takes an action, if it doesn't say, then. You can just play the card. I don't believe it says it takes an action, so... Yep. Alright, so you're activating Bolt. Yep. So you're going to need to make your roll. Okay. Remember, you're minus two for your multi-action penalty. Now, real quick, where who are you targeting with the Bolt? Because range penalties would apply. I don't know what your range is. Is it smart times two? Yes, so it should be 24, so pretty much everyone except number two blue should be within range. Okay, cool. And yeah, it gives you a rate of fire at two, right? Yes. So you can basically so roll two shooting dice and your wild die. Okay. Um, it does say I have five bullets fired, so can I select different targets? It's not five different targets. Rate of fire two means you roll two attack dice. It's just you're not actually shooting bullets and things like that. So you can basically have two dice you can throw to attack on different people. So okay. go ahead and roll your psionics die twice. Okay. I'll focus them in on the big wild card boy with the vibro sword. Okay. So you're paying the extra powers for the onslaught and mega damage, right? Yes. Alright, roll your first psionics die. Remember your minus two. I'll re-roll that. With your free re-roll. Yep. That's an eight. Uh, that'll be a hit with a raise. So it should be 5d6 damage. Okay. Is there any armor piercing on that? It is mega damage, so... But is there any armor piercing on that is what I asked. I see. Uh, I thought mega damage was. Nope. I don't. Think mega damage so. just means you can hurt things that have mega damage armor. Okay. AP is something separate. Would you be okay with me spending to do armor piercing now? Not now. You should have done. You had to do it before. Okay. So, go ahead and roll your damage. Sixteen. Add another six because that's six ace. Yeah, three. So nineteen. Total. Nineteen. That is enough to shake him, unless you want to re-roll. <laughs> No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So you hit him, he rocks back a little bit, looks up at the hill, as a, a second bolt, I'm assuming, is coming right at him. Sure is. I will re-roll that. It's okay. an 18. That'll or 16. Even, well, that'll be a hit with a raise. So same amount of damage again. Nice. Although, your wild die is not helping. Uh, and add another 6. So, 22 damage. 22 damage is a hit with a raise. Nice. So he, he is going to spend a Benny, though, and soak. Okay. And now I'd like to play my card. Hang on a second. Let me okay. roll and see if he shakes. So he has one wound coming in. Going to make a bigger check. don't think he has anything that helps him against bigger check or wounds. He's wild dies <laughs> enough to soak it. So the second hit comes, he kind of crosses his arms up it hits him a wave of energy washes over you see some of like his clothes burning off and like the carapace looks like it's like blurred and smoked and then like a big weird like kind of 
distended jaw drops down and moves, and you get the sense he's laughing. Okay. Your card time. <laughs> are you gonna move, are you gonna duck back around the corner, or are you doing your card first? Uh, I'd like to play the card, say something, and then duck around. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, uh, all characters cease fighting, listen to me speak for three seconds. Others may only take defensive actions. Uh, there are no if this has no effect on beasts and other creatures that cannot understand the speaker. Yep, so that'll be two rounds. Okay. What do you say? All of you motherfuckers better back off or I will reach into your minds to convince you that your spines are just stacks of marshmallows. You will never walk or use your arms again. Leave. That's scary as fuck. <laughs> that also applies to you guys, too, because it's a ceasefire. <laughs> Alright, so, well, if you would, throw the card on the table and delete it. Okay. So yeah, everybody kind of like the guys with the guns, like kind of like are looking back and forth at, at the Beetle Man and you, and then you cowardly duck behind the wall. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go ahead and finish out your movement. Okay. See, so yeah, I'm just gonna hide. Yeah. Okay. As you float back around, excellent. <laughs> can I roll an intimidation check or anything, or is it just that would be an action? So. I see. Okay. Well. That's what I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. So after you is our wonderful Naruni friend, who's also kind of like looking up at where you were from behind his rock. Uh, so what I'll do is we won't pull cards. You can take defensive actions. And we'll, for these two rounds, we'll just go in the same order. Nobody can attack, including you, Will. Like it's mm -hmm. a ceasefire. So you, anybody who wants to take a defensive action can or say anything they can, so let's go back to the top, which I believe is you, Flint. So yeah, Charlie just threatened to marshmallow roast some spines, and everybody's kind of stopped and milling around and looking a little worrisomely up at that lit, uh, ridge up there. Mag's going to yell over to Clark. Ah, get Scarlet into the ATV. Hurry. So Clark will pick Scarlet up and carry her into the ATV. Does this hovercraft look like it's damaged? Is that why it's it, Yeah, not... it's definitely damaged, but it doesn't necessarily look like it's immovable. But it definitely is clearly got some wounds on it. Okay, so Mag is going to move toward the hover truck. And that's all he's going to do for this turn. Alright, so after you is our biker boys. They're just going to kind of like circle around in their bikes come now little one surely you jest for it is I Kaladax the ravager some say pillager they would say slayer if they lived you have some flashy tricks little pup but I have more men and your blood already soaks the sand That's what he does on his turn. Okay. So you can make persuasion rolls. I mean, you could just taunt rolls, anything like that. You could test people to try to distract them. Just can't do combat actions, I believe. Yep. Anything defensive. I will simply cast protection. Okay. Are you doing it on just yourself? Yes, I cannot cast that spell on anyone oh, yeah. else. Actually, I the downside of being psychic. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Roll it. Unless, and whatever modifiers you're going to spend, if any. I am going to mega damage it up. 
Uh, that would be just a success. You can use your free reroll for psionics to try to fish for that raise, but you could also critically fail. I don't know that raising does anything necessarily. I think it adds more protection. You know, I will reroll. It's practically the same. So yeah, it's five, so it's a success. Does the mega power modifier add more protection, or does it just say it's MDC? Six points of uh, MDC. Okay. So you add six points to your toughness, and you are now a mega damage being. Okay. You have your movement, and you can speak if you'd like. I'm not so going to say anything. What does your protection look like? Are you like... Is there like a wavering in the air, telekinetic shield? What's the trapping on your protection? So until I take damage, it's completely invisible. But as I do, um, it looks like blue intangible uh, glass that's slowly being shattered. And the more damage it takes, like the redder the outlines of the broken shards become. I like it. Um, and then I think I'm controlling Gung Ho and Lazy. Yep. So Gung Ho is just going to stand. Oh. He's just going to level. Would trying to intimidate with Gung Ho count as a defensive ability? No. Okay. okay. In, that, in that case. Take some cover. <laughs> take some cover. Okay. So we'll do those two. Okay. If Gung Ho could take defense against melee, he'll do that. Do I need to reload the grenade? No, it can hold. Uh, actually, yes. So you can reload your grenade. Okay. So if I could do those two things, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, Mag, you see this Uteni kind of looking over at you. And without no, any mouse, please help me, fat human child. <laughs> I can make it very much worth your while. I don't like your comments, but I do like you making it worth my while. Trust me, I'll get you home as long as you're worth it. Alright, I believe we're back at the top of the second round of non-acting, so it's your go, Flint, there. Sorry, I breezed past you, but it is your go. Alright, I will move closer. If you want to take an action to assess the shape of the vehicle, you could. Yes, I would like to assess the damage to the vehicle. Uh, I'm not going to make you... Actually, go ahead and roll your uh, repair for me. Okay, here we go. Nine plus five, it's a fourteen. Yeah. So success with two raises. It's on its last legs. It can still move, but if it takes another wound, it could potentially break. So essentially, it's a vehicle with two wounds, and its handling is down. Like the maneuverability and the engines are shot. It can still move, just it's slower and harder to control. All right, then. I turn to the Tenny. Okay, get back in your truck. I'll drive it out of here. My team will extract you safely. Yes, human child. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that's all for Mag's turn. Clark is going to look for a place to hide. Is this, like, foliage? Like a bush that he could hide in right here? Yeah, it doesn't really give cover, but you could hide behind it. It gives you a little concealment. Okay. So he will sneak into that bush. Hopefully the enemies won't see that he came back. Alright, give me a uh, stealth check. Be opposed by notice. 
Hopefully the Spirit of Scarlet will be with him. Oh, he has a D6 just like her. Oh yeah, that's right, because he's a fucking coward. <laughs> Alright, Ace on a D6, and a 1. Uh, so that's a 7. Remember the other. Alright, so I'll roll a notice roll for the mooks. They will get the group quality for it. Uh, they got a 4, so seems to not have drawn any attention from them. And then our boy Caldex, the glittery beetle boy, almost saw, almost did. <laughs> he's beneath his notice anyway. Yep, he's still like arms out, like the, the Jesus position, taunting our corky mind melter here. As cowardly crawls and elbows his way into the bushes. Alright, that's all I got. Okay. So after that is the bikers. Let me see if our motorcycle folks can make their driving rolls. No, and no, they are not good at their bikes. But the one here on the south... Boss, that the blue creep's getting squirrely! I think they're gonna bolt! I don't like that guy. Hey, you stop all that now. Don't tattle. Did your mother never tell you not to tattle? I'll always run die real quick. He kind of moves this way, pops around the corner and sees Gung Ho, and just pulls his knife, moves it across his lips, and flicks the switch to turn the vibro... Uh, function on. You're gonna die! <laughs> I think Gung Ho just screams at him. Uh, so all the raiders are done. It's Kaladex's turn. You're cowardly little pup! That's why you're hiding! But you're not what I'm here for. Hello, dwarf. Oh god. <laughs> Trying to run away with my prize. Well, I don't care much for you. You're a monstrosity. Will you just stand aside and let me and my new... And he starts rubbing his hands greedily. Friend, leave. Yeah, you're, you all want that gun. <laughs> Justin, do you have the greedy hindrance? I do. You do? Yeah, that's why as soon as I saw that utility, I was like, <laughs> well... Benny in your pocket, sir. Benny in your pocket. <laughs> Alright, Calix is done. Will, your mooks and Charlie. This is the last round of okay. the ceasefire. Shit's about to pop off. Oh god. So some uh, things uh, in melee, it's not good to not have a pistol or a melee weapon. Also, if you're adjacent to somebody and you try to move away, they get a free attack on you. Just FYI. I see. I don't think Gung Ho has any weapons, does he? Nope. I don't think you bought the melee. Oh, I forgot. There is a guy at the turret of the dune buggy who's just been like panning it back and forth because he doesn't know who he needs to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a railgun. So that is an MDC weapon you're all intimately familiar with. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I had my eyes on acquiring a new ride. I was going to have to dress Gung Ho down if he actually hit it with that grenade. What you do and not fall! So I can't do intimidation roll. I don't think Gung Ho would retreat, which would be the smart move. You can always you know, back up and not let that guy be close to him, but that it would be kind of cowardly. That's that's not gung ho at all. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just take the defensive action that you're describing, and he'll just threatening point the weapon at the raider and say, "I'm gonna make you fucking holy." Uh, so defend increases the parry, which is the melee defense, by plus four. Okay. So yeah, that's what he'll do. Which is good because they go before him. Yeah. 
can Lazy hide behind this rock, or is there like an aim action he could take? Uh, aiming, I'm gonna say it's combat, so he can just kind of he can try to hide, but Caladax um, might be able to see him. Okay, I'm not so worried about Caladax. But so far, the other guys, I, I, nobody I assume... else has line of sight on him right now, so he's yeah. He'll just try and hide. I think that's what he'll okay. do. Go ahead and make a stealth roll. No, not at he, all. He like, starts to okay. bend down at the knees like, that. Eh, fuck this, and just stands back up. Yeah. How heavy would you say that dune buggy is? A couple tons. <laughs> a dune couple buggy tons, with... Tons, yeah, say. it's a fully-fledged dune buggy with armor plating and a railgun on it. Okay. But you're assuming you're not doing any actual actions on your turn, then. Or you are you wanting to activate telekinesis? Well, this is still a, a defensive yeah, it's round, true. So, right? Yeah, so you can't really do that, because... Because no. uh, if you're not going to take any actions, I'm going to go ahead and start dealing the next set of cards. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Okay. Uh, Tenny boy, you told him to get in the car, right? Yeah. Hops in like the open door, slides across to the passenger seat. All right, card time. All right, so Justin, you got a seven of spades, which is not the number I wanted. Corgi boy, you get an ace of spades. I like that. I will do your tenny ally next. Get the queen. Pecos Raiders get a three of hearts. Aladex gets a king of diamonds. Shit! I was gonna redraw, but I don't think I'm lucky enough to get a king. Actually, you know what? It's worth it. I really want to go before him because I'm pretty sure he's going to take me out in one shot. Okay, so you want to redraw? Yeah, I'll spend a penny. It's a four of diamonds. Well, that wasn't worth it. Oh, well, fuck it. Let's just go with the eight. Charlie, you are up first. Okay. You get, like it's, you get, it's silent for a second. The wind kind of howls. Like a lizard knocks over a rock and then shit starts popping off. Guns start getting pointed. <laughs> knives are brandished. People are running into cars, and you feel the tension snap, why, so... Why doesn't anyone listen to me? They did, for 30 Fuck. seconds. <laughs> In the God middle of a fucking fight, a hardcore desert raiders, so... Hey, and you're a tiny little cute dog. Yeah, they didn't boy. do what I wanted. <laughs> Part of the card. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to take two actions. Okay, so you'll be at a minus two to all both of them. Okay, I believe everything is still in range. Depends on the power. Yeah, everything's like, uh, is it 24 squares for me? Yeah. Currently. Okay. I'm going to float up out of cover. I'm going to target. Are you floating um, around the thing or are you floating the five inches up to get on top of this? The five inches up. Okay. We're good. You're floating? Uh, yes. I would like to cast Telekinesis on our favorite wildcard bug boy. Make sure you got range on him. He's 14 scores away, so you got it. Cool. Do I think I need uh, quote-unquote super strength to lift this guy? It's pretty heavy. He's also got cyberware, so you have no idea. Okay. Alright, so it's either a D10 or a D12. The max weight's like 320 pounds or 400 pounds. So it probably is a good idea. So yeah, I will... Uh, pay for exalted telekinesis so the strength is a d12 plus two for each raise 
So remember, you're minus two. Are you spending any extra ISP to get a bonus to the roll? Two for one or no. four for two? All right. That is all I will spend. Okay. So go ahead and roll that psionics. Critical fail. Critical fail. Critical fail. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't critical fail. Save my life, Charlie. I am trying. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. So that is a six. Yeah, so real quick, I just want to make sure. Does it say anything about it opposed? It does. Uh, if they're not, they do not want to be moved, there's an opposed spirit roll. Okay. So it will be opposed, so you can stick with the six, or you can use your free reroll to try to get higher. Let's try. Huh? I did not, so let's stay with the six. Yeah. And you can always spend a Benny if you want to reroll after this point. That's okay. Alright, so we got a six coming at us. It said it's opposed spirit. Yes. Calyx does not want to be moved. Um, mm. I guess we'll see if his spirit's up to the task. He's got to get a six. I'm going to spend <laughs> one of his bennies, his other benny, to re-roll. I'm going to spend my last <laughs> table benny for a final re-roll. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. I got him. <laughs> yeah, I got him. Got him. Thank God. And, best case, we've also exhausted his bennies. So, yeah. a lot less soaking going on. Yep, I'm out of bennies. And you got him. So, with telekinesis, it's, you can move an object. You, you didn't get a raise, so you're only at a D12 plus 2. What's the max strength or poundage on that bad boy? Uh, so, max weight is 1,000 pounds. Load limit is 250. Uh, I'll say you got him under the max weight. Okay. So yeah, I'm just going to lift him straight up as high as it can go, which should be 24. No, it's squares. it's not 24. That's the range of the power. No. This power, if you read it, says you can move up to the caster's smarts per turn in any direction. Okay. So it's straight up 12. Okay. <laughs> Great work, Charlie. I knew I could count on you. I want to race. <laughs> what? What is this? <laughs> Uh, and then if I can, I'd like to target the person that's manning the uh, giant giant armored weapon right. on the truck. He will get some cover, with a... but okay. you can try to target him. What are you targeting him with? Blast. Okay. Or bolt, my bad. Make sure you're marking off these power points, because... I am, I am Telekinesis getting close was not to dry. cheap. It was five without it the modifier. Was not. Uh, I have eight psionic points left. Actually, uh, well, you still he will also still has three bennies he hasn't spent, so he could basically recharge That's fifteen true. power points if he had to. That's true. I'm actually going to spend another two to get onslaught. Okay. Again, so I'll be firing twice, okay. leaving with six side points left. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm going to target uh, the driver okay. backslash turret person So you first. will be at a minus four. That's two for the multi-action and two for the cover he gets from the like the plating on the sides of the gun. Okay, good to know. So you have a rate of fire two, so you get two dice. So that would actually be a three. That will not hit. So you can use your free reroll. Okay. Yep. No. You could use, okay. use a Benny or you could roll the second. That was just one attack. So the first attack's missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep targeting him. Free reroll. So that's a four. That will actually hit. That, that will hit. Okay. Roll some damage. Cool. Okay, so I believe Bolt 
Damage is 2d6, or 3d6 with a raise. I did not get a raise, it's just 2d6. Four damage. Not great. Yeah, like you... <sighs> nah. The bolt sh- <sighs> splashes, hits like the cover plating. You see him kind of shrug back as the energy just kind of washes over. Then kind of tracks the gun in your direction. Because yeah, he's got a toughness of <laughs> 10 with his armor. Shit. Okay, I'm going to duck back down. Okay. <laughs> Let's see that. Alright, so you get to control your two mooks. Your, your goons. Okay. Your soldiers of fortune. Alright, uh, Gung Ho is just going to fire on the one that just threatened his life. Remember, these uh, eight, these guns are rate of fire three. You'll take a recoil penalty, but you could roll three ah. shooting dice. Uh, you be at minus two to all three of them. I think that is in keeping with Gung Ho's style, so let's do that. Alright, so first shot definitely misses. Zero the negative. A zero, a one. Yeah, this second shot misses as well. And then yep. on our third also shot. Also misses, because you don't get the group roll. So yeah, he sprays, this guy just kind of like bobs <laughs> and weaves. He's so close that it's hard for a Gung Ho to, re- to get a good beat on him. Maybe Lazy can come save his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lazy's just going to peek around and uh, take one shot. I mean, you could also try the Rate of Fire 3 thing if you want. Or if you want a three-round burst, you can... Yeah, you'll get pl- you'll get plus one to hit, plus one damage, I believe. Okay, let's do that. Wow, I just opened exactly to it. Yep. Ooh, okay. Rolled a nine. Uh, so. so that would be a ten, which would be a hit with a raise. So go ahead and roll damage. Okay. And that should be uh, in the equipment part of the gun. 2d8. Uh, so you do 6 damage plus 1. Because you got that at the bonus die was from acing on the attack roll. Getting a raise. So 7 damage okay. they have, and there's armor piercing is, I believe, 2 on the A? Yeah, so the armor rating is 8, unfortunately, then. So. Lazy <laughs> comes right around the corner, sights down the gun. Pop, pop, pop. And it hits it right in the chest. Just The guy shudders back, like touches himself for a second to make sure he's okay, and then holds his knife up and starts... Alright, so that was your boys. Kaladex is hovering 12 meters in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and at the start of their turn, he can resist again. Yeah. Oh, he does get a minus two, though, due to an edge. Okay, that's good to know. Well, he failed all those other rolls, so didn't matter there. Alright, so Spirit 2 resist at a minus 2. Yeah, okay. So, you feel like his will and raw physical strength break your telekinetic grip, but then he's falling 12 inches. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's not great for him, right? So, wait, do I not re-roll this? No. it's, it's, It's not a pose, it's... Oh, he's just trying to get a success. I see. Yep. At this point, it's not opposed every time. Just that got first you, got you. All right, falling. Where are you? Good job checking that next checkbox there, Will. Falling damage. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm not as familiar with the book. Like, I can't just quickly open it to where I need it to be. I'll get better. Like we said, we've we've been sent people in. We know. Uh, it's a d6 plus one per two inches. 
You have a maximum of 10d6 plus 10. So roll a d6 for me, Will, and we'll add 6 to the result. Okay. And I'm going to rule that the earth is a mega damage weapon. <laughs> so that's 26. 14. So that will do some damage. There we go. <laughs> Falling damage is the best in every system. Just is. Falling damage is a murder machine. Telekinesis may be the most powerful power. Alright, so he has a toughness of 18. And you got a 26. So you have a hit with two raises. He has no Benny's left soak. So he will take two wounds. And he just kind of like lays there in the ground in a very sizable dent. <laughs> and then slowly picks his way to his feet. <sighs> You'll pay for that, little doggy. <sighs> he will move over to you. And he is going to take a swing. What is your parry, sir? Super low. Does he have to unshake before he can attack me? Oh, that's a good point. He would have to unshake, so he's staying there. Now, he, he can move, at least, but he's... Yep. I don't have any bennies, so he can't attack me. Yes! But he is coming, and that, that vibro blade on his arm is awfully big. Then <laughs> the Rooney guy hangs back out the side, points a very wicked-looking pistol at him. Duck, tiny fat human child! I'm ducking. <laughs> well, I'm ducking. Save my life, please! That's a hit with race. Nice. Yes, sir. And a and the Rooney Energy Enterprise's plasma pistol does 3d10 plus 3. Oh, it's a plasma pistol? Doesn't yep. that also have it burns? It also has it burns. Yes, it does. Which I believe activates on the rays. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be 3d10. Plus another d10 for that one raise there. So we're looking at... 20 right now. A d6 for the raise. 21. Plus 3. So 24. Which would be... <laughs> it's an MDC weapon, so his armor doesn't defend against it. It's tough. This is 18. He's hit with the raise. Hit with the raise? He already had two wounds, didn't he? Yeah. So the fourth wound will kill him. Sweet. The 24 minus 18 is 6, so yeah. So the plasma burns a hole through the armor plating on his chest and he screams in pain and rage. You go, Blue Man! Ha ha ha! Enterprises makes a fine weapon, tiny fat human. I have many <laughs> more willing to sell. Please, we must hurry! The tides have fucking turned. Alright. Goddamn, quick draw McGraw there. Just, uh, leveled the playing field. And now it is you, sir. <laughs> okay. Clark is going to... I'll say he's hidden, so he will get the drop on anybody he shoots. Well, I was just going to use Suppressive Fire, but now I'm tempted to shoot since he's got the drop. Suppressive Fire would only apply Distracted, which is a minus two, right? Yes, but it could potentially do damage if he gets a raise. Well, I'm just going to shoot him. It can only target one guy anyway, so may as well. Okay. I believe it's plus two and then plus four damage, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's a three, but he's got a plus two. So that's a hit. Yeah, that will be a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. 
And then add plus four. Ah, oh, yes, the drop. Actually, it is plus four to the attack roll as well. That that wouldn't be enough to get a raise, though. The 13 plus four damage is quite a bit. Yep, yep, yep. Against the Pecos Raider, whose armor is 10, with, with an armor piercing of two, that puts him at eight. So that's enough to hit, and with a raise to wound, he's out. One down. Boom. Looks like I don't have line of sight on anyone else. Uh, no, you can move. Oh, no, um, yeah, you can move. He could have moved, but... Uh, I'll say you can take the shot, he's just gonna have cover, so he'll get minus two. Well, I already attacked without the minus two. Ah, uh, that's right, you did already just decide the one attack. I didn't plan to attack anyone else, because Clark wants to stay in his hiding spot. Okay. Well, he's not hidden anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, now it is Mag's turn. How many actions would it be if he wants to get into this vehicle and then whip it around to hit Kaladax and then drive over this guy? Can I even do that? Is that possible? Yes, um, it'll be two actions because you're trying to essentially run into two people. Uh, you also need to make a piloting roll. So I'll say that would be three actions altogether. So you'll be at minus four to everything. and Or, excuse me, a drive roll, not a piloting roll. So if you only want to hit one of them, it would only be a minus two. And the vehicle is wounded, remember, so that'd actually be another minus two. Oh, yeah. I forgot. The vehicle is in bad condition. Would it be an action for me to interface with the vehicle? Yes. I would say to plug in, it'll be an action. So I'll do that, and then first I need a driving roll, right? Yep. All right. Mag Flint jacked in, driving at... Minus four. That is not going to do it. No. Unless you want to spend a Benny. Yeah, I'll spend a Benny. Benny spent. Benny. And here we go at a total of minus two, because Alon gives me plus two. That is bad. Throw that last Benny at it. I'm going to have to. I can't attack him with this vehicle unless I can get it moving. <laughs> right, yep. Like you're, I imagine right now you're frantically just like looking at the control panel. Sparks are coming off where it's damaged. Trying to hear that engine whine. One more time. That's not going to do it either. No. Even with the line, that's only a three. And that's it for me then. Because I can't do my second action since the first action didn't go through. I'll be fine if you want to try to use your second action to also try to activate. Okay. Here we go. I got it. Finally. Boom! Finally, you know, maybe you slam your dwarven heavy fist in the console. Work, damn it! It's alien technology. You're not used to it, but boom, it kicks to life. He's struggling with this, struggling with it, and then finally just looks down into the jack he's just plugged in, and he's like, oh, that's the fucking cigarette lighter. And he unplugs it and plugs <laughs> it in the right face. Uh, you're getting a Benny for that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have one action left, so you could try to at least either go after the minion guy, or you could try to tail swipe Kaladax. That was it, because you let me use my attack action to activate the vehicle. Oh, okay, yeah, so... Yeah, you plugged in, try to drive to that. Okay, gotcha. Alright, you are done. Looks like Riot Boys. Uh, they're just gonna take an action. The bikes, motorcycle guys is gonna take an action to get off their goddamn bikes because they've been useless on these things. Uh, they are gonna take multi-action penalties as they... So one action to get off the bikes. One action to draw their laser rifles. 
and their final action will be to shoot. They will be at a minus four to their shooting, but they are clicking over to heavy pulse. Oh shit, that does mega damage, huh? Yes, mega damage. But they are minus four. (laughs) So I'll do the guy closest to your vehicle first. Shooting, shooting. So he's got a 13, minus four is a nine, so he hits with a raise, so he will roll an extra die of damage. So actually, it actually has a plus one to shooting as well, so he actually got a 15, so he got an 11. So it's a hit with a raise, it'll do three extra damage, gain snap fire, and still hit with a raise, so that's 24, so uh, 27 mega damage. The vehicle has armor of 20. So it is going to take that final wound, it's going to take a critical hit. I'm going to soak. Oh, yeah, would you like to? Yep. It's armor's 20, 10, or it's, it's toughness is 20, 10 of that's from armor. So it's going to be 18 versus, what I say, 27. That's going to be a hit. And a raise. Yeah, hit and a raise. Um, so it's going to be... Actually, it's two raises. So 27 minus 18 is 9, right? So yeah, it's divide by 4 is 2. So it's a hit with two wounds coming at you. And it soaks with its vigor, right? Yes, which we'll say is a D12. Actually, I think it's a piloting check. So, or your, your driving check. No, and no penalties or anything like that. Other than the minus two for the, the wounds already. Alright, let's see if we can be a little bit luckier on these driving checks. Okay, straight roll. That's a success, but no raise. Well, the vehicle's not going to explode, so that's good. Go ahead and roll. So it'll take its third wound. And it's going to take a critical hit, so go ahead and roll 2d6 for me, since you are now in charge of this bad boy. Eight. Eight. That is a chassis hit, suffers a wound in the body with no special effects, so yeah. Nothing crazy, just its third wound. Which means it can still ride, right? Because it can take four? Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, it can take four, so we got a while. But now the other guy is going to shoot. Same deal. He's using it. It's got the snap fire penalty and the minus four multi-action penalty, so he is at a minus six. I don't know how well... Yeah, he totally fucking misses. He's negative one. Big-ass energy pulse kind of goes right across your windshield. You're like, oh, thank God. Just trying to save my new little blue friend, man. Stop acing all your shooting rolls. (laughs) Those two are done. We do have these assholes. They even have three inches of movement left. I'm going to roll his run die. So he has seven inches of movement. He can make it three inches up. He's got a... Yeah, he's got a ways to go. Three out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. This guy... Two, three, four, five, six. Looking back and forth, sees gung-ho. He's going to shoot at gung-ho with his laser rifle. Gunko yeah, yeah. screams ah. at him. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely hit with a raise. <laughs> Good lord. That's a... <laughs> um, he didn't switch it over to mega damage or anything like that, so it's just normal, good old-fashioned laser damage. Uh, so that's 19 plus 9. That's 28. <laughs> oh god. That's a hit with numerous raises. <laughs> Gung-ho is down. Yeah! Blood! <laughs> I don't like when they talk like that. As a laser bolt just c- catches Gung Ho in the sternum, and the smell of melting Kevlar and burning skin fills the air next to Lazy. 
I guess the tone of his screaming uh, changes. Right. <laughs> of course, more of a gurgly, okay. blood-soaked choke. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, they are now done. Because climbing boy's gonna climb. Motorcycle boys abandoned the bikes and went full pulse laser against the vehicle. And he's the only guy left over here. So it's Charlie and his minions. Or, excuse me, Mignon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Lazy's gonna shoot at the person who just downed Gung Ho. Are uh, you gonna do the three round burst? Are you gonna do full rate of fire? Or just. Uh, let's do the same thing you did last time. Uh, it's three round so... burst. So you'll get a plus one to hit and damage. Cool. Roll that beautiful shoot and. A six will hit. Nice. Not with a raise, so go ahead and roll damage. Oh, wait, I rolled damage on accident. You did. My bad. My bad, my bad. Teddy that does missed. not do anything. Pop okay. this. <laughs> Never mind. Can he run away? Does that, is that okay? You, you can take his move if you want. I'm gonna... Yeah, he's going to... Um, oops. He's gonna try and just get around the rock. Just... just there you go. Yeah, yeah you did just see. <laughs> that laser did pierce through Gung-Ho and almost hit him, so I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. No. Alright, it's uh, Charlie work. Alright, uh, Charlie... <laughs> I get that reference. Hey. Uh, Jason, can I target the person operating the railgun with Puppet? Yes, but you will still have the same cover bonus. You'll have minus two. Oh, I forgot to shoot the railgun. We'll do that after you. <laughs> Okay, so it'll be a minus two. Uh, so Actually, I real quick, mentalist... what we're going to do, uh, yes. I'll say I put him on hold. So what he can try to do is roll to interrupt you and go first. Okay. So let me make an athletics check. Uh, so go ahead and roll an athletics check for me, if you would, please. That won't go well. Uh, that should be unskilled for me. Then roll unskilled. Okay. Alright, so he does interrupt you, so he is gonna go. Okay. So before you act, he was like panning back and forth, not sure. He sees Caldex get decked in the goddamn chest of the plasma bolt that this vehicle's picking up. And then he sees he's gonna try to... He realizes that you're still up there. He's gonna kind of move around. So he's gonna take a multi-action penalty because he has to drive and move here. Actually, he has a separate driver, so he's not gonna take a multi-action penalty. Gotta get to a least. There. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yep. There's some good news, though. This is a vehicle scaled weapon. <laughs> I wanted to be the other one not to face any consequences. Yeah, you're gonna have a <laughs> cover, definitely. Alright, so you're gonna get, uh, we'll say minus two for cover, and it's minus two to hit you because of the scale difference, so he's minus four. But he is twisting that mounted railgun up at you. <laughs> so minus four to the shooting roll. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Alright, so hit with a, uh, hit with a race. Uh-huh. So, the little subtle as then the loud sonic boom explosions as most of that cover next to you is ripped away and your world <laughs> is a shocking stream of just rumbling thunder but now let's see if you can actually do some damage that's the actual thing because you have your protection up if i'm not mistaken i do indeed so yeah you should be you're not necessarily in a bad spot so i'll roll damage for this vehicle scale weapon but it was hit with a raise so that's good was it hit with a raise yeah do it minus six 
or minus four he is still at nine good good <laughs> uh, where are your vehicle mounted light rail gun oh, actually I apologize he, uh, rail guns have min is max so he has to fire all three shots so it would be minus six uh, okay. it's still going to be a hit but it's not a hit with the rays so the first shot hits let me roll the other two uh, so one that'll miss and the last one so only the first shot hits Thankfully. Okay. Vehicle mounted light railgun. And it's hit without a raise. Alright, it's doing 25 mega damage. What is your oh toughness? Uh, so my toughness is 9, uh, parentheses 4, plus 6 MDC. Alright, so it's 15 MDC, 4 of which comes from armor. And this gun has AP3. So it'll drop your. Uh, your toughness by 3 so 9 plus 6 is 15 minus 3 is 12 so I've got you beat by 13 which is a hit and 3 wounds coming at you so unless Oof. you want to go ahead and make a soak roll I yes I have to spend bennies right you have to spend a benny to make a soak roll and then you can spend other bennies to re-roll that soak roll and the soak roll is just vigor okay a success and every raise reduce the incoming wounds so with three wounds, I'm down, right? No, you will be... Yeah, the fourth wound will incapacitate you, but you will be at minus three to everything you do. Okay, I'll spend another one to re-roll. Oh, uh, so, oh yes, you got two, uh, two. Okay, yep. Yeah. The wild eyes of four, that'll soak one. Okay. You do have one more Benny if you want to try and... I think that's the best I can hope for. Okay, really. so the cliffside explodes at a shower of rock, and you feel your telekinetic feet look like it's a... It goes from invisible to a crystalline blue orb to a shattered bunch of red and jagged pain, and some of that red is now your blood. Uh, so you take two wounds, okay. and you are shaken. Okay. So on the st- now at the start of your turn, you'll have to make a spirit roll to unshake, and you'll be at a minus okay. two to everything you do. If you put the wounds in your character sheet, it should auto-do the math. Okay. Alright, so they successfully interrupted you, lit the hillside up with the hail of railgun fire, and now you're there. So go ahead and start by making your spirit roll, okay. which is minus two for the wounds. <laughs> well, I have nine, so seven. Okay, so you're good. So you, you're not shaking. You can act per normal. Okay, do I still have the minus two? Yeah, that's wounds. That's not shaking. Those I are, see. You I are see. hurt. Shaking okay. just means you can actually take your actions. <laughs> So yeah, the railgun. He got lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. But much Fuck. like Rock in Arcan game, a lucky hit will do it. The good news is you had MDC armor up, so you don't take the gritty damage rule, and you didn't bust your spleen. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, so you would like have actually a... you would have suffered a wound, like a, a, a injury, actually. I see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to target him with puppet. Um, is he in cover? Yeah, he uh, just a, from where you're at, it'll be a minus four, same as him. Damn. Uh, if you move around the corner, it'll only be a minus two because he's got a little okay. bit of cover from the gun turret itself. All right, so I'll move to get it to a minus two. Okay. Ah, that's not a, that's kind of hard, but that's what we're trying to do. It's because you're going to be okay. at minus four altogether with your wounds. Remember, you do get a free reroll for all psionics, so. Do. Alright. 
And you can always spend extra ISP, two to get plus one or four to get plus two. Okay, I already rolled, so oh, uh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna re-roll. Okay. Uh, so a nine minus four is a five. That should activate the power, but I believe it is resisted. Correct. It's posed by the target spirit, so you could spend your last Benny to re-roll, or you could stick with that five. Fox Wait, power. actually, so my mentalist power, uh, I get a plus two to opposing or defending psi checks, so would this actually be a seven? Yeah. Okay. In terms of this? Yes. Fighting him? Yep. Okay. So, you're going to stick with the seven, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's make his wonderful spirit roll. Good news is, it's just average. You got close, you got a five. Oof, Okay. But you feel his will eventually wear away under your continued pressure, and you got him. So okay. he will automatically obey his commands that don't directly harm himself or those he cares about. Okay, I'm going to make him climb out of uh, the turret okay. and start moving. Okay. He will do so. Uh, yes. Which direction would you like him to move? I'm gonna have him put his weapon down, and then he doesn't actually have start... a weapon. Like he's oh, he's, I see. He, he's doing the turret. Okay, he's a, he's uh, a turret he... boy. <laughs> he's going to uh, basically move towards cowardly, um, just kind of t posing and walking, and saying, "Shoot me, shoot me." Uh, he can't do that because that'll actually that would be something harmful oh. to him. Okay, so he's just gonna walk towards cowardly. I'm gonna say he won't walk towards an enemy. That that's. He will run. You can make him run to cover somewhere, but he will not directly walk out in the open. Okay, can I just get him to stand there, or does he need to move towards cover? Yeah, you can't do anything that, that would be harmful to him, so he's not going to stand still in the middle of a gunfight. I see. Okay. That makes sense. I'll yeah. have him move towards cover then. Okay. Um, I don't know if I could be. Like. <laughs> I'd like to say south. That is towards lazy, though. I'm not sure if he's aware he's there, uh, even though I he am. Drove, he drove past him, so he's <laughs> okay. Aware. So I think north makes the most sense. Alright, but he will go on his turn. Okay, and then I should still have some movement left, so I'd like to move over here into cover, if that's okay. Okay. Alrighty. Dog boy done. I believe Lazy still has a turn. Right? No, he has ran he behind the rock. I he see, missed, okay. So. That is my turn, okay. <laughs> Alright, Will, our young pup, gets a nine of clubs. Just to let you know, Jason, this is my last turn with Fly. Okay. Our dwarven friend, unfortunately, gets a two of clubs. Goodness gracious. Our Uteni friend gets a queen of hearts. Caladex, the busted beetle, gets a jack of hearts. And finally, our raiders... With a seven of clubs. All right. Our Teddy friend is up first. He will lean out the side and pop one last plasma round <laughs> into this D bag. Please. Did I say he had a D8 before? Yeah. He misses. Unfortunately. It is good to drive. We should go. Child, if you are if you are knowing how to drive, we should go. That railgun will just rip us to shreds. We're going. We're going. Caladex, let's roll to see if he unshakes. He's only minus three to his spirit roll. 
He had shakes. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Yep. Fuck indeed. He he kind of shakes his head. The plasma's still. Oh, I, I forgot. He did get caught on fire. So let's roll that 3d6. Maybe I'll kill him. Maybe we'll <laughs> kill him. <laughs> that would be fantastic for you, wouldn't it? It would. I wouldn't yes. be upset. <laughs> you wouldn't be upset. No. Plasma's still kind of burning his chest. He just ignores it, shakes his head, kind of grips his left fist, cups it in his right, and just hauls and just flings that all the weight in his body against the side of the, the hover car there. And the vibroblade is coming at the hood there as you see it and look out in fear. He has the frenzy edge, so he can roll two. Biting dice. Uh, I think with his wound penalties, he shouldn't risk chopping the shit out of it here, so he's just going to go with the normal one action. So this will just be minus three for all his fucking horrible wound penalties. Alright, fight with frenzy. So two roll. Holy. <laughs> the first one hit with a raise. The second one obviously did not damage. So. Or did not scratch. But let's roll some fibro blade. It is AP 10. So it's going to get rid of all of the armor on this thing. So it's just going against a toughness of 10. That's a hit with a raise, so it would cause a wound, unless somebody has a Benny left to soak, which I don't think they do. Thankfully, as you mentioned before, this is a large vehicle, so it can take four, and the fifth wound will wreck it. Go ahead and roll 2d6 for me, if you would, please, Justin, as another critical hit occurs. What'd you get? Nine. A nine is crew. Oh, interesting. For direct damage, subtract the veal's armor and apply AP. <laughs> Deal the rest of to a random crew member. Okay. Um, odds are <laughs> adjusted. I am odd. So, odds it is. So he, like, as you're trying to, like, to move the car, he kind of, like, hops up on the, the hood and slashes that elbow through the windshield, and it cuts our Uteni friend, causing a wound. And knocking him unconscious as he is not a wild card. And he's standing on the car. <sighs> Your next dwarf. <sighs> and let me roll a d6 to see if his plasma damage increases. I did not roll a 6, so no. Kaladex is done. Charlie boy! <laughs> okay. Uh... Shoot. Uh, can Lazy see the person that's just left the... He hasn't left turn. it yet. He will go on his turn. I see. He's taking his hands off the control and looking towards the north with like a dazed look. So he can see him. And I will say he's on the side of the vehicle. Um, so any vehicles that are attacked from the sides or rear um, do an extra damage die. And I'll say he doesn't get the, the, the two cover bonus for the shielding on the gun. Okay, but that'll be after his turn, right? No, I mean, I'll say from the position Lazy is in, he can shoot him without the guy getting the cover bonus if he wanted to. Okay, yeah, that's what I'll do. Uh, Three-round burst again? Yes. Okay, roll it. Please. 
It's a seven. That's or an eight. eight. That's an eight, actually. So that's a hit with a raise. Go ahead and roll damage. Ooh. 21 AP2 drops their armor to a eight. Yeah, pop, pop, pop. You are controlling his mind. A bullet splatters his skull, and you no longer have anything to control. <laughs> and he falls out of the rig. I don't imagine that's pleasant, uh, experiencing that. Just to represent sort of his fear, he's going to come to like this kind of middle place. Uh, still trying to maintain cover. Remember, lazy's not the coward. He's just lazy. Okay, uh... Uh, you, gonna try you do not have line of sight from him unless you fly higher. Okay. This boulder uh, is, is taller than he is, so you can't see over it. Okay. Um, fuck. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend a, a Benny to get five power points. Okay. So I'm going to fly out here. Oops. I'm assuming you're also going to fly down and get closer to the ground. <laughs> Or are you going to maintain now that you have more power points? I'm going to maintain, yes. Okay. Um, so I'll spend one to maintain, so I'll have fly for another uh, five, five turns. Yep. Then I'll spend... Um... Are you flying down at all, or are you just flying your ten inches off? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I will go towards the ground, actually. Um just because you have a pace of 24, so you have the movement that's up. It's curious. I might as well, right? Um, so yes, and I'm going to spend six, which will leave me with two power points left, um, to uh, fire bolts and get greater bolts and onslaught. Okay. So wait, actually, that's one more than I thought, so I'll have one power point remaining. And I'm going to shoot my first shot at, oh, Kaladax. And he is within your range. I'm going to re-roll that. Oof, that's not great. The first okay, bolt so misses just... by a mile, a leaving yeah. a giant crater of telekinetic force slamming right in front of your vehicle there, uh, Mags. I don't like that. Don't worry about it. I'll send my second at him as well. Okay. Well, at least that's a hit. That's a seven. Uh, yep, that's a hit, but not with a raise. So go ahead and nope. roll some damage, though. Okay, it's 46. Mega damage. We're going to add another d6, because you got a six on that. 20. 20. That is not enough to wound, but it is enough to Fuck. shake him. So you hit him in the back. He kind of like limbs splay out. He's like kind of like laying against the viewport of the car now. <laughs> you see his beetle-like face looking at you as he turns his head back around towards the core. He was firing telekinetic force bolts at him, and he's just kind of struggling. Like he's like it's almost like he's been doing a hundred push-ups, and he's just kind of like struggling to push himself off the hood of the car. All right, uh, you have movement left to spend. Otherwise, I believe you're done. Uh. Somebody's going to be drawing a Joker here soon. <laughs> I mean, we're running out of cards other than Jokers to draw. So how high off the ground was I? 10, right? Yes. Okay. I can just get into cover over here. 
Okay. So yeah, take cover some rocks down to the south. Alrighty. Minions. Uh, these guys see Caldex getting hammered, they get on their bikes, and they're just gonna go. <laughs> I'm not gonna make... They're not doing flashy in combat trying to ride, so they're just gonna go. Same with this dude. He's just gonna fucking haul ass. He's... <laughs> His, bu- his buddy's body falls off the back as he just hauls ass. This guy, however, <laughs> he's got some loyalty. He's just gonna try to finish off this asshole over here. So he's like, oh. I see how it is. We're all going to hell, isn't it? Light it up! And he, you hear, or cowardly hears a switch click, and he just goes, bap, 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 as he just starts firing full auto. With his rate of fire three, no recoil laser. Oh god. And he is shooting at Cowardly. Cowardly will have a cover bonus, so he'll be at minus two. I just it is still kinda hard to see him in the trees there a little bit. That's gonna be three shooting dice. That'll be a miss. That'll be a miss. That'll be a miss. The foliage though burns all away, and he no longer has cover as you know, just barely missing him. Lasers graze past his head and shoulders. And he's going to drop his gun as a free kind of action. He's going to move closer. Hand reaching towards his vibro Well, there's blade. nothing that cowardly hates as much as people trying to kill him. <laughs> and the guy is like I said, he hasn't, he hasn't quite drawn the knife yet, but his hand is going for his vibro blade. He dropped his rifle, though. Okay. Cowardly, or Clark, is going to wild attack with a three round burst as he looks around and sees this guy who just tried to kill him and starts screaming no no you can't kill me you can't kill me wild attack makes him vulnerable right yeah you are vulnerable yes but you get a plus two to hit to da- and damage and three round burst gives a plus one and a plus one so you'll be plus three to hit plus three damage okay cowardly this is your chance to shine his shooting is a D6. That's an ace. And a two for an eight. Hit and a raise. It is a hit and a raise, yes. You'll have plus three to your damage. <sighs> Just a five. <laughs> That's five plus three is eight. With AP two is enough to shake him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. That is better than I thought. He's like, maybe I shouldn't have dropped my laser rifle. (laughs) This was a mistake on my part. That's his inner monologue that Cowardly guesses at. But but it's spot on. Sounds right to me. And now, I'm going to run over Kaladex. (laughs) Give me a um, driving roll, but you are minus four due to the penalties of the vehicle. Yeah, from the wounds. But my vehicle interface uh, offsets it to a minus two. And there's probably supposed to be a size penalty there, too, but I'm going to ignore it for now because I'm not 100% sure, and I like the idea of you just creating in this dude and killing him. Oh, uh, man. I don't know why driving rolls dislike me so much. That's a one and a two. Ooh, that, that was that was dangerously close to a critical fail. <laughs> really close to a critical fail, and I unfortunately do not have any more bennies. But I am not going to stick around to try again, so I'm going to get out of there. I uh, will just say as pace of 10. Uh, that's with the fact that it's wounded all the shit. 
perfect. I move ten right up to Lazy and yell at him, Get in, you son of a bitch. We're getting out of here. Uh, there's not a lot of room up front. Like, the three of you could squeeze in. But it's like a very small kind of cab. He could definitely, like, try to jump on top of it or cling to the side or something, but... Jump on the top. Uh, unless you want to stick around and fight him by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next round of initiative here. Joker, Joker. Ah, uh, you got a seven. That's not a joker. Well, then Charlie gets the joker. That'd be nice. What happens nope. if I get a joker? You get a plus two to everything you do during the turn, and everybody on your side gets a Benny. Oh, Fortunately, you got so a two. Uh, the our, our psychopath going for the knife, who's shaking, gets a king. <laughs> Fuck. Kaladex gets an ace. Goodness, there can't be but, like, two cards left in the deck. That's all that's left. Just do- just jokers now. <laughs> Alright, so Kaladex is up first. He's gonna roll to see if he unshakes. It's probably not going to happen. He aced it. A six, a six on the d6, add the five. That's a minus... double ace, isn't it? No, he got an eleven, but it's a minus three, so... But he unshakes, at least. Uh, let's roll his plasma damage, because maybe he'll fucking keel over here. We never know. And let's roll to see if it goes away, or if it gets worse. It gets worse! <laughs> <laughs> On a six, fire gets higher. So next round, I'll take 46. <sighs> I'll get your blood one day! I'll find you! There's nowhere on the earth you can hide from me! <laughs> Nobody does this to Kalinax! Nobody! He's not gonna go after you. Yeah, that's right. He's gonna attempt to try to put the fire out. <laughs> that's his turn. This guy, however, draws his knife as an action. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Sees cowardly around the corner, sees the ATV, leaps at him with his knife, which is gonna be at a minus two due to the multi action penalty of drawing his knife. And his fighting roll. They are not good at fighting. <laughs> but I don't know what I rolled. He is missing horribly, because I'm pretty sure the parry is at least four. And he's done. You're up there, my dwarven friend. I, I, I mean, at this stage, unless there's something special when you do, we can assume that Cowardly is going to kill that guy. That you guys can escape. It's important to me that we collect everyone that's injured. Yeah, I mean, you can you can kill that guy. Caladex is gonna just leave. He's not. If you stay around, he's gonna go. Um, okay. Uh, my turn. I was gonna shoot a bolt at the guy attacking Cowardly. So if I could just pop his head in front of Cowardly and make him more scared in the future, that'd be fun. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Unless you wanted to take a shot at Caladex and try and kill him. Can I? kill him with just a regular bolt because i have one side point left oh no you, you need some you need to be able to do mega damage otherwise you do nothing yeah i i can't okay. say so i'll just i'll just pop the head of the guy in front of cowardly so yeah you you drive by or you fly by you blow that guy's head up cowardly just like looks shaken mag's gonna bring the hover vehicle over to the atv and hook it up tell everybody to gather the dropped weapons and armor and all of our comrades get them into the ATV and we're gonna have to drive off into the sunset 
back toward Marl and toward our next adventure. Wow. That was The Big Guns. Episode 1, Follow the Ley Line. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Savage Worlds is created by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. And Riffs is created by Kevin Cimbieta of Palladium Books. The Big Guns is a production of In Our Dreams Podcasts. Look forward to the next episode coming out October 10th. Until then, keep dreaming. <laughs>